The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. G'day, K underscore Dis13 here, and hear that sound? That's the sound of me not fishing. So I'm listening to the intermediate line. Cheers, boys. This episode of the Intermediate Line is brought to you by Nervous Water. For all your premium fly fishing requirements, please visit nervouswater.com.au. And Beast Brushes, Australian made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. Do you want to um, introduce yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bolts. This is Chris. Yeah, Bolts. <laughs> I'm Chris. How you doing, mate? Good, mate. Welcome to another show, folks. Episode 128. We've done this a few times now and still don't know how to start a show off. Let me bring the microphone a little closer. The sound tech is saying to me, more cheddar. More cheddar? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's hey, still uh, Shout out to, to Body Jar for that intro song, and I want to give them a little bit of a plug because they uh, allow us to play the music on, on the show, um, technically. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Body Jar, Strain Band, that, that new album they got out, Rituals, fucking great, great dump of music, that one. It's um, been playing it on repeat quite a bit. I got my album from iTunes. I don't know where else you can buy music, but um, buy it, get it, support Australian made, support Australian music great band and one of them is an avid fly fisher that's right that's right yep. the drummer right well, i didn't want to give him up oh you know, okay. just in case you want to remain anonymous in the in the punk rock scene you know yeah you know, but gotcha. um, gotcha. but, um, but you just did good work mate good yeah. work. <laughs> what's yeah. his uh what's his username mate where can people find him um well we do i just we, i don't know if we should oh, geez, like, this is really, really awkward i don't know no. if we should all right, let's not go there. But we can, I guess. But uh, wouldn't take that much research to figure it out. Okay, right. It's been a long time between drinks with those boys. The last album I bought off them was called um, what was it Role Model, and I'm pretty oh, sure my. that was around about I don't know 2013, 2014, or something like that. So here yeah, we are in 2022. Yeah, 2022. That's uh, what is that? Nine years, man. That's a long time. Fucking it's hell. a long time, mate. It's a long time in fly fishing too, isn't it? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Not for some people. What happens in nine years, mate? 
I don't know, mate. This um something that takes nine years. Got a trouty to see his back in. Or... <laughs> Sorry, Shane. <laughs> Shane sent me a message during the week. He loved that G up, but he swears blind that he's got a mate who hooked a trout once and it got into the back end. Yeah. Cool, Almost. Shane. There must be a lot of mushrooms around those lakes, hey? <laughs> cool story, brah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man yep. yeah nine years mm. yeah man that's true <laughs> mate that's very true <laughs> so mate yeah um oh well mate uh i was i got it i would really like to ask you what's what's new but i feel like we just um went over what's old <laughs> we just went, went over what's old mate what's what's new with you have you been fishing yeah i've been fishing yeah and yeah. um sorry yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm just looking on uh, on ammo at the moment. Ammo flies on Insta. It's, it looks yeah. like we're bass fishing. I caught eh? a I caught a sweet bass. A sweet bass. Like yeah. one for Pedro. That's my yeah, Napoleon Dynamite impression. <laughs> How good's that, eh? There's rat bass on a sex leech. There's a, there's a lot to unpack here. Let's let's, work, <laughs> let's workshop this. That's for a second. So you got to workshop this. Yes. You've got a bit of a hybrid fly called the sex leech. Let's talk about the sex leech. Yeah, all right. Let's talk about the sex leech. Well, the sex look- leech is not is yeah. not someone that hangs out at um, public toilets. It's a. Uh, it's more. It's look. It's a, uh, a very popular Saratoga fly is, is the Yeezus leech, um, uh-huh. and a very popular trout streamer is the Sex Dungeon, and yeah. I just morphed the two together. Okay. Now, it's probably been done a million times to death. There's there's looks like there's a heap of trout tandem hook trout streamers that are around and. Uh, I really like trout streamers for, for toga these days. It's a big fly. It's about six inches long. Or right. Maybe a little bit under. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was throwing looks that like around on that. Um, sorry. I was going to say it looks like you got a you got a stinger hook set up down the back and some. Um... Well, it's a it's a tandem hook, but it is it is a stinger type hook for sure. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's two two different hooks, you know, like that are. Um, uh, so I, I heavily model from the from the guys who do the tandem hook streamers. Uh, yeah. Like like the Kelly Gallup patterns, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah, very very influenced from that, for sure. But um, what? so I don't know if it's been called something else before, but that's what I call it, the Sex uh-huh. Leech. Just a fun name, mate. <laughs> kind of like the Jesus Leech. That was a fun name when that came out too. <laughs> Can't take <laughs> these things too seriously, mate. And the Destroyer. The Destroyer was a. Fun oh, the Toga Destroyer. Yeah. yeah. Are you yeah. talking about that fly that Andy named after himself, like as if no one else called it that? <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> back yeah. to the uh back to the sex leech you've got before the last uh before the stinger hook you got these two um things sitting on there and, and i can see them I can, i'm looking at two photos there's the one you put up on ammo back on um 26th of january australia day and then there's your most recent one where you caught that rat bass and um you got them them little red dots hanging off that bass's chin like a set of balls what's going on there what are they 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 are well that's a male fly yeah. Okay. And uh, that's how you can tell uh, it's male. Okay. Right. No, right. they're um they're plastic beads. <laughs> so you would you instead of looping the wire and pulling the um the eye of the hook right behind the eye of the front hook. Sorry, the eye of the stinger hook mm-hmm. right behind the the eye of the of the leading hook. Yeah. Um, it can really really promote tail wrapping. Um, if if you don't, you know, mitigate that by pushing the the hook further back. And yeah. creating something rigid for it to have to wrap around to reach the other hook, right? So yeah. that's what the that's what the beads are for. So those beads are like uh, just adding a little bit of color to it. Um, 
you know, but but essentially, um, you know, that's what it's for. So when, in the body of that fly, I'm using um, uh, beast bug dubbing in arterial, by the way. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, and it's full of rubber legs, you know, so they're really fine micro rubber legs. And if, if, those, if that dubbing starts to you know, work its way around to the front hook point, it can catch. And look, mate, I, I like to have my fly land in the water and know it's working and fish it like it's working rather than worry about it failing. So, uh-huh. and that's not my concept with the beads. That's what, again, those dudes who tie a lot of those trout streamers, sure. uh, that's what they do. And that's yeah, the right. reason for it. Right. That's, um, well, it looks pretty good. Self-explanatory. Good. Uh, sorry, it's not self-explanatory. It's a good explanation from yourself. Well, um, it's, it's like with the resin in, in, the, um, in, in the surf candies. Like if you take the, um, the articulation point, that being the bit where the soft materials can wrap around itself, yeah. further back away from the hook point mm. where, where we where we want to prevent it from tail wrapping yeah it's just it's just common sense like that the uh the length that that rear hook has to spin around to get to that front hook is longer than those two beads put together if you know what i mean you know what i mean uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah just looking at that photo mate was that taken on your iphone yes it was actually did uh did had you dropped your phone in the water uh-oh, why? What's the matter? Because it looks saturated, man. <laughs> What's, <it? laughs> What's going on with that fly line? It's bright green. Green as fuck. Looks great. <laughs> that's the, um, yeah, that's a great line, man. That's a whole, oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a relatively new setup for me. And, mate, that's a big fly to cast around. That's a six-weight sextant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm using the compact, the six to seven-weight compact sink Cortland line. On oh, that yeah. one, yep, yep and yep. um, so that's a fasting line that that head sinks at six, six inches per second. So I use that to cover water for for toga. Okay, so I'm fishing maybe a meter down. So when it lands, you know, I don't, t- I, don't I give it a couple of seconds and then I start stripping and then um, I'm fishing about mm-hmm. a meter down off the surface of the water with that cool. big streamer. You know, gotcha. And, yeah. and um, so that enables me to cover ground pretty fast. That line is so nice for, for doing what I've got to do there. Like I said in that post, it's like it's like chucking around a um, chucking. Around, oh, I mean, there's a combination of the whole the, the the whole thing really, I suppose. But that line is like throwing a conventional gear around. Like you, you're doing yeah. one, maybe two false casts, and just you know you're peppering the water. Like I'm 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 blind casting likely areas because those fish like to they never stop moving. They they cruise around a lot, um, <laughs> and um, well the areas that I'm fishing do. So I need to um, cover water, and keeping my fly in the water is very important to me. If I was doing three false casts uh, compared to doing one with that line, technically that's that's three times longer I've got my fly in the water um, through those bite periods than someone who's you know possibly using a line that takes a lot lot more false casts to load the rod. Sure, sure. What what's that um, line called? A compact sink. Just compact looking, sink. I was looking through the. Um, <laughs> well, I'm talking to you. I mean looking for it, it on their on their catalog it's so bloody extensive this catalog there's a lot oh. of lines on it how's that catalog man hey eh? it's crazy it's, um, we should um oh in a minute we'll point out but i read uh, on a review online um i can't remember who the reviewer was but one of the popular reviewers arguably Cortland have got the most progressive range of of coatings and tapers on the market at the moment um 
which is no slouch really because you know like how long they've been around for i know they've lied, lied dormant, for, dormant for a while always been well respected but like like you said they for a while there they were just hard to get but now they're pretty readily available which is really good and stepping up their range as well which is awesome yeah yeah i felt like you know as a as a consumer fly fishing consumer in australia it was um was hard to to get access to a whole range of the lines um they were either you know weren't available or um you know they weren't in the shops that i shopped at anyway and they just sort of cherry picked the the range to suit themselves but i know um i know the the whole lot are available now through nervous water and um and yourself there so yeah the yeah. Two, two sponsors have got them for sure but um yeah one thing i'll i'll, I'll um, bring up that has been unique with that calling line that that others don't have and you know take it as an ad if you want but i reckon it's um it's really good it's a really good line for, for that purpose so for me i'll rock up to that place in the morning and i'll fish that line from from sun up to all day all the way into lunchtime and then it'll cool down and stuff so we've got a i leave Cortland the only line company that's got those temperature variable coatings so you know although the water temperature is not going to fluctuate much more than a couple of degrees the air temperature and the line being on the deck of my boat not a big deal it's probably going to be pretty similar in the morning maybe a little bit cooler in the air temperature um, and how it lays on the boat is really important to me because you know I, I need that thing to lay out without mineral knots if it knots up and i've got a fast sink line going on it particularly in, you know that lake there's all sorts of gnarly shit under the water there i'm unknotting my fly line while this fly is just plummeting at six inches per second i'll lose that fly you know yeah so the way it lays on the deck is pretty important obviously the the colder conditions for most fly lines that it might be tropical rated are going to play like barbed wire be hard to stretch just stay, stay in tight coils on the ground like they come off the reel and in this and in summer like a cold water line i mean the, in the middle of the day the cold water lines are going to be gummy and 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 pick up debris and and just pick itself up off the floor and then create knots that way that temperature variable coating i believe for that that compact sink i might just go have a bit of a quick squizzy um either way i'm fishing water that's um um i'm fishing water that's that's got a okay i'm looking at it now so it's it's rated from cold to tropical pretty big pretty big um temperature very very uh temperature they call it temperature versatility that's what they call it yeah that's a good um, term because like you know you could have the line in the water at say you know 26 degrees if it's if it's dawn up where you're going right now is probably you know 14 degrees so it's a bit it of was, variance there and then you got you got deck temperature too you know so during the day when that warms up your deck gets fucking hot could be really you hot. know 50 to 50 degrees maybe i don't know yeah you know, so it's, it's a lot for a line to handle yeah yeah they're all like that like uh you know like i took that that compact intermediate up to um to fish with our guests tonight you know and um and the same deal yeah. i mean it was it was you know north queensland in in december is was brutal on a, on any fly line you know and i just used the same line the whole time it was great yeah, yeah but uh, no they're um they're quite good um that catalog we're talking about there should um let people know if you go to the nervouswater.com website and and do the drop down menu of um Cortland lines you'll see the the catalog there just open up as a pdf and um and treat your eyes it's a big so, one yeah. yeah it's uh it's it's great it's well well um well described a lot of different lines and um mate what why what an eye opener like what a what a sleeping giant they, they're um it's pretty good it's very good yep mm. very yeah. good so yeah no it's um so i went out there and that that bass was just a bycatch from um from toga 
like I said last time when when I went up there and and didn't catch anything up there like that place has had boomer floods and the water has got some weird red stain to it or something like that I don't fucking know mate but it's something going on there and they're not happy they're not happy fish you, you normally see them crashing the surface and taking bugs off so similar to trout I, I would imagine you know as, as far as what they forage for um, which right. is probably why trout flies work so well on them but um yeah just weren't active mate just just one big bunch of um scaly sooks <laughs> yeah well <laughs> yeah surprised mate surprised you didn't identify them with identify with them better so that fly has been work. I've been I've been using that fly, as you know. I've told you I've been using it, but I've been keeping it off the internet. But mm. if you went through my page and and all the toga that you would see there for the last I don't know, sixteen months or something like that, you know, it would all be on that fly. It's 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 been a it's been a real hitter. But um, which hook are you getting them on? The front or the back? Uh, the back, mainly. Funnily enough, I'm actually thinking of um, tying that thing on a, on a shank up the front because. Um, I had one that was thrashing around the net and that front hook nearly found its eye. Like it just sort of tacked onto the inside of its, um, uh, um, like, uh, the bone about around its eye. It was very close to hitting its eye. I was like, oh, nothing yeah. would, nothing would gut me more to have, like blind a fish just for the sake of putting it back, you know? Yep. Yep. So, um, so they're, they're so consistent on that back hook that I'm, I'm thinking of removing that front one, but they, I think they like that meat, you know, that length. The action, the action of that tandem hook fly, mate. It's it's a very different fly to a game changer, but mate, you, you see those swim baits like the hard body lures and stuff like that. That um, that have got that one joint in the middle, like those yeah. glide baits and stuff. God, it reminds me of those. It's such a such a sexy action on those tandem hook flies. It's great. It's I don't know sexy. why we don't do them more. Yeah, yeah. Sounds sounds something worth looking at. Um, yeah, can open my eyes to doing that a bit, or I might just get you to time for me. I don't tell fucking flies for other people, mate. I mean, sorry. Uh, I will wait till uh, till one of the um, co-op fly tires gets onto them. It'd be good. Yeah, yeah might, might be a bit of a wait for that. They're all, all very busy. The co-op, the guys in the co-op are selling really well. It's been good. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah by good supporting stuff. Australia Made, keeping your taxes in Australia, improving boat ramps, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Can't yeah. do it when it goes overseas. It's, uh, That's true. That's why we only take on sponsors that are in Australia, like Ketterfly. Yep, like Al. Mate. Love your shirts, man. They're, they're looking good. Con- continually loving those shirts, man. They're so they're so comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Super cool. T-shirts. Got some pretty, pretty cool designs. Have been, he's been following his page about what he's doing. Well, he's just he's got the page up and running proper now. Like it's, it's really easy to see what he's got in stock, what the options are, and what the patterns are. Oh, on his are. website. Yeah, his website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's different. I, I was talking about his social media page about his, his printing and the um and the prints he's been doing. Oh, but that, yeah. That um that GT head that he did. Yeah, the guy Gaiotaku. Is that how you say it? I don't know, mate. I was hoping you'd pronounce it before I had to attempt it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was a Varv- Varvius. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but apparently. Yeah, it was the story behind that was somebody hooked a, a jeep on the flats and it got sharked. Yeah, that was um, Tim, um, the Prince of Tinaroo, who um, ventured out into the briny. Oh, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, yeah, Tim Hansel. Yeah. yeah so right. he got that. I saw the footage of that. Wicked Eat. He sent through the video of it. I'm pretty sure he put it up on his page too. I, I can't remember yeah, there to be seen, but he did. Yeah, yeah. 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 Went out with Jimmy Martino and then um, and yeah, he hooked a tank, the rig of a thing. But yeah, he got it. 
bought it, got it right to the boat, and it got sharked at the boat. Damn, that sucks ass. I so rough. Thing would have estimated being like a, a good 60, 70 pound fish, eh? Well, was well, a bass. Yeah. bass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On a 10 weight too. Well, it's just, that's a shame. You know, big, big flats GTs are thin on the ground, you know, the best of times and have one so close to the boat to being landed and get sharked. That's heartbreaking. Fucking heartbreaking, heartbreaking, mate. Heartbreaking, yeah. I say. Yeah. All yeah. the ways to lose them too, you know, they sort of uh, feels like G- GTs, well, sharks will eat any fish really, but GTs are something that doesn't seem to get sharked as often as some of the, the other fish like reds and coral trout and whatever. But yeah, big big GT on the flats getting eaten by a shark, mate. Jeez, that'd make you cry. Do you think sharks like tuna? No. no. <laughs> they love them. <laughs> Do you reckon there's just a heap of divers in Morton Bay that just cut them off? <laughs> oh man sharks and jet skis two of my <laughs> least favorite things yeah. that'd, that'd be a good idea for a shirt for al i reckon and you know a jet ski being terminated or something like that, i don't know yes yeah. clotheslines yeah i don't know stop suggesting clotheslining jet skis on this show eh? someone might do it please don't do it <laughs> yeah so, someone will do it and we'll get blamed for it yeah so, again for something yeah. else hey i did that um you know last time we were talking about that uh braided mono um we're talking about we tried to describe how it works and lots of stuff on one of the most one of the recent shows not last one one before i believe yep 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 i finally did a video for it it's up on beach brushes It's, it's free it's just embedded on the website if you just go to the listing for where you find that Cortland braided monofilament uh there's a video there and i explain how to put on a braided loop Yes. On the end of a fly line, mm-hmm. but probably the most important skill that most people would want to learn from that video is how to repair a fly line with that with the braided monofilament. Like it would, you know, you, you get a fly line and you 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 nick it or um, or cut it or do something to damage it that makes it something you don't want to use. You can you can freshen up that line with just a sleeve of um, braided monofilament quite easily. Uh, you could cut it in half. You could even you know, with that same method, construct your own fly lines. And like, you know, so if you've got a, a sinking a sinking head on a floating running line, you want to do a, a, a sinking running line, uh, or even do uh, a fast sink tip on the end of your favourite uh, intermediate line. You know, like yeah. a, a you know, like a maybe five or six feet of um, you know, like a type six line or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's how you would. That's how you would do it. That's how you join it up. So you can make your own, make your own fly lines, modify your own fly lines, repair fly lines. You can also beef up or repair the loop. It's just a handy skill to learn, and it's a very easy skill. But I think it's um, with with the um, with the inception of um, of um, um, welded loops. Yeah, I think it's a skill that's gone by the wayside. So um, it's there, if you want to see Definitely. it. Definitely. Yeah, I used to always carry a. Um a line repair kit out on the boat so it was like an old tackle box that had some um, some braided mono pre-cut um, for, for those sort of situations but at the time um, there were, wasn't any UV resins available so I'd sort of um, I had to use a uh, super glue and you know hope for the best um, also had a tube of um, aqua seal in there but obviously you'd have to you'd have to set that up soon as you get off the water you're out of action for the rest of that day yeah you get get back to um back to the cabin or whatever you'd you'd have to do it um you know set it up 
put the aqua seal on straight away and hope that it was dry by the morning. Yeah. Um, for the next time you went out, yeah. Um, and but yeah, the um, the fast the fast sealing, um, uh, well the fast curing, I should say, UV resin cures have sorted all that out for me. Hey, particularly the the uh, flexible ones, which are honestly, uh, you know, I don't have a dog in a fight. I'm your mate, but uh, Raid Zap is the best of the flexible resins that I've used. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, look, I mean, I do take this as a, gr- a grain of salt if you like or whatever, but um, regardless of who's selling it or whose opinions there, you can research the makeup of the product and you can see why just through yeah. chemical composition as to why Raid Zaps are better uh, UV resin than the other products at least that I sell, to be fair, you know, as a retailer to um, to, to offer advice based on the range that, that I sell, at least, you know. But, yeah. you know, it's there to be researched. UV resin gets used in a lot of different industries besides fly tying. So, you know, there's a lot of information out there, you know, if, you, if you're interested. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, mate, um, I might drop an interesting fact about, about super glue that a lot of people don't realize. I find myself um, letting people know in the outro when we come Can I back. guess what it is? No. Okay, go. Just let people let people come to it their um to the information organically, bolts. Don't ram it down their throat, mate. Okay. Come on. Right. I won't. I won't. They can find <laughs> out for themselves. Have a why miscellaneous failure. Let me know. Why yeah. don't you why don't you ram down people's throats who our guest is then? <laughs> ram our guest down people's throats, mate. Go for it. Tonight's guest is the one and only Rodney Collings. Um, yep. So Rod uh, Rod's well known in North Queensland. He's a uh, he's a well, very well known flats fisherman. Very recently into guide guided fishing. Um, he knows his way around a boat for sure, and he's uh, very well respected. He's got a lot of fish on the board, even some gold trevally these days. And um, yeah, hell of a nice guy. Got yeah. a lot of time for Rod. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's well, have a listen to him later on, eh? I feel as though that potentially the um, his his success on Gold Trevally might come up, but also a fun fact or a rumor I've heard about Rod is that he's been found striping striping around the, uh, the Australian outback or bush, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. Let's find <laughs> out more about that too. Is he a man in tights? Well, let's find out. Let's get yeah. him on. Let's get him on. Righto. And welcome back to the middle segment of the show, people. And we're here with the uh, great and powerful Rodney Collings. How are you, Rod? Good, thanks, Chris. How are you going, mate? Mate, I'm going all right. And I'm not, I know I can speak on behalf of Volts when I say that he's going all right, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. G'day, Rod. How you doing, mate? G'day, Volts. Good, thanks, buddy. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, good, mate. It's it's an absolute pleasure to have another person over six foot six on the show with me tonight. Oh, so, good on you, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. good I, I, I really, uh, I really don't like this prejudice towards my six foot five um, frame, mate. It, you know what? This belittling is going to have to stop. I'm going to edit this part out, and we'll move on. Are you ready? Are you finally ready? Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Wait, sometimes there's only one inch in a day. God. <laughs> you tall people, you don't know what it's like. <laughs> All right, Rod. Mate, are you ready? Are you ready for this, mate? We're going to get out with the hard-hitting questions straight off the bat. Go for it, mate. What do you got for me? Rodney, 
You recently took over AFO. Yes, correct. 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 Oh, okay. Hard any questions out of the way. No. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, can you, do you want to tell us a, a bit about the, uh, I was going to say behind the scenes for it, but just tell us a little bit about it from, um, from your version about, you know, what, um, what's going on there. How, how I ended up with the business. That'll be that that whatever whatever floats your boat. Excuse the pun. No worries. Yeah, yeah. good one. Yeah, well, so Davo and I we've been mates for a fair while and uh, fished with him a fair bit. And um, it was probably about two years ago now where we first started bouncing around the or he started bouncing around the idea that he was going to probably look at retiring. And I hadn't really entertained the thought of taking the business on or even starting guiding at that stage. But uh, I was fishing pretty flat out, so I was, you know, as as I had been for a long time, super keen. And, um, yeah, one day at the boat ramp, he said, oh, I met him there, I was fishing with another mate, and we pulled up at the same time at the ramp, and we pulled over and had a beer and had a chat, and he talked about how he was actually made the decision he was going to retire. I said, well, mate, that might be a good good option for me. Maybe I should take it over, just sort of half tongue-in-cheek. And then he said, uh, yeah, the conversation continued that it probably be, could be an option. And, um, yeah, so from, from there... Uh, the decision was made that I was going to take that business over. Did the training I needed to do to get my coxswains. Uh, started doing a bit of part-time guiding for Davo, uh, and made the decision that at the end of 2021, he would finish that season up, and I'd buy the business off him then. That's exactly how it went down, and uh, yeah, it took about two years of conversations, um, um and aren, wondering if I should do it or not, uh, and then we jumped on it, went for it. I'm glad, so glad I have. We can't really can't wait to get me get my hands around the neck of it and get into it this year yeah yeah that's um that's pretty exciting mate that's for sure yeah so yeah, yeah yeah it was it was it was a bit of a drawn out process but um yeah when the decision was made it just it went seamless Dave I was really good actually um, Did you... very very helpful with handing over did lots of training with him last year actually yeah um with a lot of clients as in if you could call it training but I suppose a lot of that was uh meeting the, the, the client base uh, getting out, learning Davo's spots and secrets, I suppose, and, and getting to, to know that um, dynamic that he's built between himself and his clients, which is um, really good relationships, majority of it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Hey, Rod, I've got to say, if, if I was in your position, you know, buying, buying into one of the most iconic um, guiding operations, you know, and, and I'd say almost world-renowned because I know he's, he's well-known in the US as well, you know, was that was that daunting at all for you? It was, mate. Yeah, there's a fair bit that comes with this business. Um, fair bit of uh, his nostalgia, history, yep. um, uh, position in the industry. I suppose you know he's probably one of the, the leading fly fishing businesses in Australia. Um, mm. So yeah, it was quite daunting, mate. Yeah, but you know, look, I've, I've got a pretty good personality with. Uh, uh, when it comes to people skills, um, yep. dealing with all different personalities. So I don't, you know, from that side of things, hanging out with people and having a good time and helping people have a good good trip or a good day or a good week, whatever it may be, that's never been a big yep. issue. That's sort of what I like to do. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit daunting, but more about, the yeah, to, to making sure I get it right or wanting to get it right, which um, after doing a bit of it already now, after getting into the business a bit, I, I know I've got it right and I know I'll get it right, so... It's definitely not as daunting as it was six or eight months ago when I first entertained the thought. Yeah, for sure. Hey, hey Rod, how um how demanding was uh, was Dave with the training? I know that Dave 
wasn't wouldn't have um i mean we, we you've been on the show before when i was up there um yep. uh, interviewing you and dave at the same time at cardwell there um and uh dave mentioned that you know he wasn't wasn't about to give up the business for anyone just anyone like it was a it was a perfect fit in his mind but during that transition period like you said you went out and and worked with him or did some training how how demanding was was dave with that training as far as um making sure it, it maybe in his mind ensuring that that the customers got the same level of service or the same access to spots yeah i suppose that that probably came a little bit before last year in probably the last so i've done the last two seasons up on the eclipse um east coast i oh, sorry west coast uh, cape york mothership mm -hmm. trips that dave organizes or has organized previously for the last 10 or so years i think Mm -hmm. um, so he'd already seen me work. Uh, he already seen the relationships I was building with his client base, um, uh, mate ships. I've, I've met a few of his clients over in the states back in. Geez, I can't even remember that was fifteen or sixteen, two thousand fifteen or sixteen. So there was a, a few guys that he had over there that I'd actually met over there and then became friends with and, and socialised with back here in Australia when we came back as well. So I think Dave sort of knew that uh, we're the same sort of people. You know, Dave and I, he looked very similar in a lot of ways. Um, and I think he, he sort of figured pretty quickly that uh, being the same sort of people, I'm going to treat his guys and his clients exactly the same way and, and respect his fishery as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's... Um, so what about, uh, you know, like um, when you're... Did you guys spend time on the water together in, in local waters? Like just a bit, yeah. no, no clients? A bit. Yeah, fair, a few times. Yeah, we've fished a few times here and there in different scenarios, whether it's down here or up in Hinchy or up around Tully. Yep. Um, yeah, so we had done a fair bit of fishing like that. But, you know, Dave's pretty laid back. He's pretty casual. He's never really, you know, like if he, if he hadn't made that decision in his mind already that it was probably going to work, then he probably wouldn't have even entertained the thought and we wouldn't have moved forward, you know. Oh, so, for um, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have I so, imagined. Yeah. You got it right. Sorry, mate. I was going to say, so when it came down to... Dave, I and mean, I, I get where you're leading with the question. Was he very specific in the training and how how he wanted me to run the business and how he think or how he thought I should run the business? No, he wasn't. Um, I think he gets that I'm going to probably do exactly the way, pretty much exactly the way he's run the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. Well, I guess um, you know, you're right. I could take a fork in the road and head in that direction and and say it was Dave. Did Dave had some sort of influence on the way he wanted you to operate it? But I was probably more interested in. You know, there'd be a, there would be a time. I, I hear what you're saying. It's, it would have been a natural progression, but um, there there would be a time with Dave is probably or any any um head guide to use that term, which you know is probably yeah, the best way to describe running a is, business. That's right. Yeah, yeah is is going to train another guide, probably to work with him, but to train someone. I mean, to train someone to take over the business for someone like Dave, who's got such a vested interest in the future of something that he created as well. Yeah, um, I, I would imagine that would be, um, you know, somewhat, somewhat um, different approach to Dave, you know, perhaps. So um, yeah. then just training a guide to sort of go, you know, I'm going to have clients here, take them here, here and here. But, you know, um, is, was there, did you feel like that, that at all? No, not at all. No. Yep. No, definitely not. No, it was yeah. very fluid. Yeah, it was very fluid and smooth and there was nothing really along the lines of that. Um, no, I think, I think, like I said, because we fish very similar, um, you know, Dave's pretty unique in the way he fishes and, and the way he fishes that fishery, but 
the more I learnt off him over the past year, the more I realised I actually fished very similar to him. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I might um, just fish a different fly in the same scenario. That'd be that'd be about it in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, sure. very similar, very similar guys, very similar in our attitudes and the way in the way we fish, um, the way we treat people, uh, the the running of the business is very. It's there's nothing too tricky about it, you know. Like it, the the basics of it, as in the guiding um, aspect. Uh, there's a fair bit more involved in the outfitting side of things, which is um, engaging other uh, guiding outfits and um, and organising different trips away with different companies. That's there's a bit more involved in that, but the um, yeah, the, the the basics of it. It's a pretty basic business to run, really. You know, once you sort out licensing and insurances and that sort of stuff, it's um, it's finding the right tides and booking the clients in and 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 um, finding the right spot that works for people. Yeah, just filling up yep. the, the year or the, the correct tides throughout the year with with stuff that works. Yeah. Hey, Rodney. Um, I can't remember exactly who told me it was. Um I might have read it somewhere that guides have a lot of responsibility, you know, particularly to their clients. Obviously, they're taking and fishing, but for a lot of people, this might be their once a year trip, or maybe even once every five years, maybe once yeah, once sure. a lifetime trip. It's a pretty big responsibility. Um, um, and you know, you I know through talking to you previously that you know it's it's something that you're aware of and and um, and take really seriously. Um, is that? Is that something that's always in the back of your mind? Absolutely, mate. You know, like I think about the, the fellas that are, or the, the people that are booking trips throughout the year, and then I'm looking at the dollar figures on what they're spending on a trip, and I'm looking at um, trying to fit as many trips in the year, obviously, as I can without flexing outside of the good tide times where I know things are going to work well. So, you know, yeah. in reality, I'm only fishing a couple of weeks a month that I know are going to work well locally for that reason. You know, like I could book book tides or book people in whatever um and that'd be pretty irresponsible for me knowing what tides are going to work uh, the best yeah. so yeah you know that's that's one aspect of it i suppose um is, is making sure guys have got the best trips possible but yeah i do feel a lot of responsibility for it um and you work your ass off when you're out on the water i know a lot of guides are exactly the same um you get out on the water and it's a tough day for whatever reason that be uh whether it's the weather the wind sunlight um, casting ability, experience, whatever it may be, uh, and myself and many others, I know we work our work our butts off to try and get those fellows in front of those fish because that's like you say, that's their one trip a year. And I know when I was a punter myself um, and fishing different, um, a couple of different guided trips I did. Uh, back back in the very beginning, when I first met Andy Thompson, was a guided trip. Um, when I first booked him back in the early two thousands, um, was yeah. how I got to know him. And uh, my expectations of, of of or my memories of those expectations of exactly what I'm thinking these guys are uh, expecting out of their trips. So um, half, probably half, or maybe three quarters of the bookings that I'm looking at this year are return clients. So that that probably says a lot um, about what the guys. I think historically of the of the trips that they've had, and I've been on a bunch of those trips with those guys, and some of them haven't been cricket score numbers of fish, but they've always seemed to have the best time. So, mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey Rod, um, what range are you particularly on? Um, I'm working, as in, uh, I don't mean your trip. Like, um, if if you're going to be involved with the Cape York stuff or whatever, but I mean in re- in around North Queensland. 
uh, and home base of where you, where you reside. Um, how what's your range? Are you uh, are you planning on fishing or taking yeah, sure. so, Yeah, it's going to be uh, majority is going to be based around you know Townsville is my home, so I'm uh, uh, just north of Townsville in a little seaside village called Saunders Beach, beautiful little out of the way spot. Um, what's your exact now. address and when are you not home? Yeah, just uh, breaking up <laughs> there, mate. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, I'll be fishing up to up to Hinchinbrook and and northern rivers. I would suggest uh, north of um, Tully through to Innisfail uh, for maybe maybe if someone wants to go fishing for JP Sooties that sort of stuff. Um, I could, I'll be probably exploring some of those rivers up there or options in those rivers up there. Um, be fishing through the Hinchinbrook region, um, the beaches and flats between there and Townsville. Uh, I've also got some island, some inshore close islands out off Townsville here that I can fish around there as well, which is you know a bit more of that island coral reef sort of flats and and coral reef bommies that sort of stuff for trout and different reef species, trevallies and that sort of stuff. And then there's the churners and stuff in between all of that. So then yeah, then then further south from here as well down to the Whitsundays, uh, northern Whitsundays, and into Peterfield Dam as well. Yeah. So that's sort of the, the range would be from the Whitsundays through to probably yeah, central north Queensland also. Thank you. That's an amazing, it's a staggering amount of, of options like through there. Ridiculous, um, mate, and I'll never explore them all. No, that's right. Oh, it's 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 actually stunning. I, I'd, had, I'd have trouble explaining to someone who, who wasn't familiar with the area, but literally what you could do and catch in those areas and, you know, um, mm-hmm. it it is it is truly staggering. You know, you've got you've got dams for barrier dams for sooties, everything. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 an amazing spot. Hey, um, so one of the, I'm just I'll just grab you there. So one of the best things about that um that vast expanse of, of fisheries that I can use is um there's everything there from uh, the ability to book five and six day trips fishing one region. Uh, so yep. for example, Hinchinbrook. Uh, compared to, I've got some day trips booked for local fellas from Townsville, and uh, they've got a mate coming and joining up, and and just doing some local fishing as well. So, there's, yeah. you know, there's because of that, you know, that that oh, what would you hear yeah, where the the vast expanse of different types of fisheries I can often offer day trips, week trips, all that sort of stuff here, yeah, and just have so many varying options. You know. You've also got. Some- got- Go I was just going to, just quickly, I was going to say, you've also got, which is worth pointing out because you mentioned earlier that you could, you know, with, um, it, uh, that you can only work a couple of weeks in each month, but you could, um, you could work every moon phase between, say, the dams and the flats, you know, between those two. In fact, mm, you know, absolutely. recently I was up there with you and we, we did that, you know. That's we went, exactly right. Yeah, we used yeah. the um, Salona cycle on the dams and extended that out into a good tide period for the flats, yeah. Yeah, and turn that into five days. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I've got a couple of other trips um, off the back of that trip that we did, and and sharing that with everyone on socials. Um, the few guys got a bit excited about what we got up to, and have booked pretty much exactly what we're doing, what we did on that trip. So um, I've done managed to do exactly the same thing. Pick some good times with um, bite times on the dam that coincide with sunrise sunset, the cooler parts of the day, and then yeah, slipping down the down the road to fish some flats. Yeah. What about um um, some of the uh, the outer islands and stuff you're saying around spring ties, like there'd be, you know, GTs and pelagics and mackerel and tuna and Absolutely. things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, spot on, mate. So that's right. So And that's where the local guys will come into it. So I wouldn't really book a, 
you know, say for example, a, a fellow from Victoria to fly up and and to target a offshore trip, you know, that's just not something they'll do. But if the weather's good and we've got some local guys that have got a couple of days up their sleeve or whatever, then that's definitely an option. Or uh, if I've got, say, for example, a fellow who is flying in from Victoria and he's going to do a week at Hinsonbrook and we've got a really nice day at the start of his trip and he flies into Townsville and I pick him up from the airport and I say, let's go out and have a crack at these coral trout. Mm. Um, or GTs on these spits or whatever out there. So there's some pretty cool stuff out there, and that's right. And those spring tides, well, that just extends that period in that month, uh, and those tide cycles where you can get out and do some other stuff, yeah. Um, are cool. you are you still sticking fly only? Pretty much, mate. So um, uh, anyone who's been around for long enough knows that not every single bloke who fly fishes, not every one of his mates is a fly fisherman. Mm-hmm. There's some some group bookings that I've taken for this year. There is uh, myself and my mate want to fly fish, and, and I've got another couple of buddies that are happy to throw lures. So um, we won't just be solely fly fishing. I pretty much will be, um, but I do impl- will be employing a couple of other guys. Um, one of those, for example, is John Snell, who's going to be helping me out with a group booking for with exactly that scenario. Um, Snelly's probably a bit better of a lure fisherman than I am, as much as he is an amazing fly fisherman. He really gets into his lure casting as well. So um, in those instances, well, then I'll employ the, the, the services of another guy on the team that's really good at lure fishing. Mm. Not to say that I can't mm. do it or can't put someone on to fish as well, but I'll, I'll be focusing on the on the fly flights for sure. Most of so, your clients would be fly only then, yeah? Majority like of them, yeah. 99%. Yeah, not many people are ringing up and booking a lure trip. It's usually just a, if someone's got a mate or a wife who wants to come and uh, join in sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're predominantly fly, same as same as it has been historically. Yeah, but we won't. We don't fridge. We won't fridge. A rule of people come if they, if they don't fly fish. And what about <laughs> cast netting? We accept cast netting, or, or maybe magnet fishing, or anything like that. Yeah, Maltzy asked me the same thing about cast netting when he was ringing up our trip the other day. I Did he? Wasn't sure yeah, he did. No. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really want to learn how to catch um, uh, banana prawns in uh, cast. <laughs> and, um, yep, and, go with your you banana know, hammock. Yeah, I figured. I figured, you know, if I could get get Rodney to to teach me a couple of things, actually, like go. My ideal day in Hinchinbrook Channel would be probably <laughs> probably go out, put some crab pots down, maybe go look at some crocodiles, um, throw a cast net for some banana prawns. You know, I don't know, maybe a couple of pikey brim, maybe Snag some that's, that's where the outfitting side of the business comes in. I'd probably sub that out for you. Oh yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah mate. Uh, look, it's, and I'm glad you mentioned Snelly too. I, you know, I love I love teasing that guy. But he's he's a hell of a lure fisherman and a good fly fisherman too. Obviously, a great. Absolutely. Fly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. He's uh, he goes all right, old Snelly. You can pull a barra. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, man, he can catch fish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've got I've actually got some um. Uh, clients are pretty interested in doing the wreck fishing as well, so he's he's pretty good at that stuff too. Dredging flies down on on wrecks and um, out at the end of the sugar load and jetty at Inchy as well. So he's definitely got that stuff. Yeah, no one's better, mate. He he could put a no. fly on the bottom in thirty meters, like onto a dinner plate. Like he's mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's yeah. he's got the got science down. Mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was actually when I very first started um, dabbling in it many years ago. It was for the um the queenies at the end of the jetty at the uh, at Lucinda there. Yeah. Occasionally on the right tide, you can catch some big queenies out there. You've caught them out there before, Jeff. I've, I've seen that. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, they uh, 
Yeah, when I very first started, well, I wanted to catch big coins. So this was in the very beginning of my fishing, fly fishing time. So I was just absorbing every bit of info I could, and Snelly was just pouring it out. He was so so helpful with all that. Mm. Taught me how to dredge a fly, basically. Taught me how to um, use my uh, what, braided monofilament joiners. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes, 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 that's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, brushes. Yeah, right. and, Cortland stuff. You know, and looping lines together and stitching T14 on and stuff like that onto running lines. Yeah, he taught me all of that stuff, which was really cool. That's all coming back, yeah, I believe, mate. surely. Oh, mate, it's the new, new craze. Yeah, it is, mate. Yeah. It really is. Thing. I'm actually loading a dredging rod in for tomorrow. I've got some clients tomorrow. I'm fishing um, up the channel, so... Um, going to throw a dredging rod in because they're, they're both pretty keen to have a look at how that works too. So if the opportunity arises, I'm going to ski out there and do exactly that. Nice, mate. You're going to get a feed. Fly down for a queenie, hopefully. Oh yeah, not a feed then. Yeah. <laughs> no, not a feed. Oh, a bit of numbers, mate. A bit of numbers. They actually go alright as numbers every now and then. Not something you'd eat every day, but yeah, it's not a bad little little feed. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about numbers, mate. Is it um, is it a food or is it something you get for sitting down in one spot too? <laughs> In the public toilet. So, do you actually want to know what numbers he's made, or are you actually just reflecting on something you caught one day? <laughs> <laughs> do you do you honestly make it out there, Rod? Have you made it for clients before? No, I haven't. But on the uh, mothership trips, it's it's a regular afternoon snack. Um, the chef on the mothership has usually got. Some sashimi or numus prepared in the afternoon, if not some deep fried fish bites and that sort of stuff. But yeah, numus quite often on the menu in the afternoon with a couple of beverages and back deck of the boat. Yeah, it's pretty yep. tasty. You ever done it Malcolm Douglas style? No, mate. No. Nah. What's that when you when you cut back to the cooking segment and you've got band aids over your fingers? So, yes, there's, oh, there's that. But I will not have you say a bad thing about Malcolm for starters. No, I right? will not, mate. No. Legend. Uh, but uh, no, no. I mean, like you know, spear a golden trevally off the beach, cut it up, put in a billy with a bit of uh, vinegar and lemon juice. Um, go spear another one, come back, and the fish is cooked. No, I haven't <laughs> done that one, mate. <laughs> I done. But I've been I've been wanting to do that ever since I seen Malcolm Douglas do it when I was a, when I was a kid. That looks awesome. Yeah. Next time you come up, mate, let's do that. Let's do it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can't but wait. I do carry I do carry wasabi and soy in the boat regularly because if it's been a tuna while I'm out and about, I usually jam that on ice and have a bit of a fang on that while we're out. Now you're Max, talking. Max or long tails, mate? Which one do you prefer? Longies, mate. Longies. Yeah. Longies, yeah. But, uh, someone talk, was talking about Max tuna. I can't remember when it was recently. I heard someone talking about how they're actually not that bad eating. I've never eaten one because their meat looks so dark. But I've eaten them. Yeah, what do you and, and well, I've had them sashimi as well with some uh, Japanese friends, and they love it. Like over there, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an, um, I wouldn't say an acquired taste. It's a, it's an acquired skill for your digestive system, so to speak. So gotcha. they, <laughs> they warn, well, they warned me that it, um, that it could give me the runs if I'm not used to it because it's yeah. such strong meat, you know. Ah, for sure. so and um, it's, it's not numbness going in; it's numbness coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was all right. I was so okay. Numbers, a bit sore. Yeah, <laughs> it was okay because I believe that um, you know, that sort of di diarrhea is heretic, her um, hereditary. You know, it runs in your genes. Give me the shit. Let's move on. <laughs> 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 there's so there's so many one-liners that like people are just going to be heads are going to be spinning. It's um. Let's move on to a more pressing subject. 
Rod, <laughs> why don't you tell us about Rod? Yeah, Rod. What do you yeah. want to know about Rod? What do you want to know about me, mate? Well, mate, give us give us the rundown, and then we'll uh, we'll cross examine. Okay. Uh, well, I think we've already been through the. You know, no, we haven't. haven't we no, no. no, I would say that we've learned about. No, no, we no, no, we did not. We uh, we learned on the last podcast where we had you on. We we learnt what it was like to drink straight rum and talk shit. And so, yes, that's right. I remember and, that. I actually got told by one of my mates today. He said, "Don't get drunk and make a fool of yourself again." <laughs> so, yeah. Who said thanks, that? Thanks, thanks for the heads up, Paul. Oh, Paul, <laughs> yeah. come on, yeah. Paulie, Paulie yeah. Southwell. No, Paulie Cannonball, Paul. Oh, he yeah, gives it to me all Paulie the time. Prankster. Prankster, yeah, he always gives it to me. Yeah, <laughs> flop, flop, pollock. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have it a good authority. That guy is the king of the pranksters, eh? Oh mate, he's all over it. He's all over it. I think he's caught a few out, eh? But yeah, it's got a couple of big fish. Yeah, the biggest. Classic. Let's move on. Right. Yeah. So about about Rodney, right? So well, yeah. yeah, I'm from originally from WA, born and bred in um, the southwest WA in Perth, Um, and left. Well, we'll get to do a bit about what what I got up to over there. So yeah, I was I was um. Always into fishing. Mum and dad were into fishing. Nana and pop were into fishing. So we all got into it at a very young age. I think from memory, of vague memories of like the age of three or four, getting my first fishing rod or something like that um, as a gift. So yeah, the surf fishing, beach fishing was the biggest thing that we did over there. It was um, go down the beach with the four wheel drives and cast pillies out and catch tailor and that sort of stuff and mulloway jewies. Mm. So then, yeah, I always wanted to. Getting into lure fishing was probably the, the next progression because I was, as a young fella, starting to get working and getting a bit of coin. I was always buying the fishing magazines and it was um, Western Angler and Fishing World, I think, back then. This was the 80s. And I just remember reading articles nonstop about the, the fellas up north um, throwing lures for barrows and quantities and all the rest of it. And then I started reading a little bit about fly fishing and that sparked my interest as well. And I think it was... Um, some articles by Dean Butler and Harrow mm-hmm. uh, that first really got me got me interested in fly fishing. Um, and then when I moved to Queensland um, with work, so that was in the very early 2000s, uh, just after 2000, I think 91 or two, um, work drew me over to Queensland. I ended up in Mackay. And I'd already done a bit of lure fishing over in WA, but it was never in the right scenario. It was always... Um, you know, just trying to throw lures off the beach or off rock walls or jetties and things like that. I'd caught Donito and Taylor and Herring and different things like that on lures, but not much. So then uh, moving to Queensland, just having, you know, into Mackay, having those in beautiful impoundments there and, and an amazing river system and beaches, I um, was the first thing I did was got some, some gear to start throwing lures around and yep. and got into it pretty, pretty, pretty heavily. Loved it for a couple of years or a bit. And, yeah, probably two years, I reckon. I fished pretty full-on with lures and, and got quite good at it, I suppose. I was catching a lot of fish pretty regularly. Yep. And uh, then I seen a – it was one of those Saturday afternoon fishing shows. I can't remember what which one it was or whatever, but it, it was some fellow fly fishing. I think it may have even been Rex Hunt and Starlow or something like that up in Darwin or something like that up there. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have a crack at this. So, yeah, I ended up going down to the tackle shop and getting a real cheap combo. Getting going down to the lagoons and um, the goose ponds in Mackay and catching tarpon after tarpon after tarpon and then down to the mouth of the Pioneer River and catching 
thousands of queenfish on poppers, <laughs> and I was I was hooked. I was just absolutely hooked. That surface queenfish on poppers on fly were just absolutely spectacular. I loved it. Just couldn't get enough of it. Every afternoon after work or every chance I got, I was down there doing it. And then, yeah, my casting just got better and better and better because I was trying to cast long distance um, to get out into the, the deeper channels where I could reach where these queenies were. And um, so, yeah, all of a sudden, my casting, and I've always been, always been pretty mechanical, I suppose, practical mind and hands, so it, I picked things up pretty quick. Um, biometrics, I suppose, mechanical, that sort of stuff. Um, yep. And, yeah, picked up casting really easy, so I, can, I, can, I found myself casting quite easily. So I was walking the banks of Timber Dam, casting a nine-weight, $140 Shakespeare nine-weight combo, <laughs> and um, just braining Barra, one after the other, after the other, after the other. Mm. Uh, and that was, um, I think, maybe 2004, and the, it was when sort of pretty heavy droughts going on, so the, the dam levels were just falling so fast um, that I could fish over the weeds because the weed couldn't grow um, close to the bank quick enough so I could fish off the bank's wine. So I was catching lots of lots of barrel like that. It was pretty cool. And then um, the the rains came and the dam filled up and the weed grew and I could no longer cast from the bank. So I bought myself a little boat and um, got into that pretty well uh, non-stop in the dams. Was with Team Barra and Kinchin was my main fodder because I only had a little boat. And then uh, work again moved me up to up to Townsville. And, um, yeah, and then met a bunch of fly fisher guys up here as well that were getting into it. Sold that little tinny. I bought the, uh, the old boomerang. Some of the, some of the <laughs> people were listening, and, and you guys would remember it. I, did, I rebuilt a, an old glass uh, Boston whaler-style hull. Mm. Rebuilt that and got into, got, got into fishing with that and was able to travel up and fish Hinchy a lot more and then just got addicted to Hinchy and then the flats and... And, um, yeah, there's no stopping me then. So, yeah, for probably the, the last 15 or 18 years, it's just flats have probably been my main my main fishing joy, I suppose. Yeah, really, really love it. Rodney, mm. um, just yeah. want to circle back to the Mackay, mate. Um, yeah. I think, I think I first ran into you in 2005 in Mackay, um, and you were... That would think, make sense about this. Yeah, yeah, and you were well entrenched in the scene then, um, with uh, with um, uh, Fenton Woolley and and his brother Mark, yep. obviously. Fenton Mark, yeah, yep. yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, um, mm, yeah, and they, um, you know, you guys were really lighting it up because I remember that they took me. Well, Fenton took me out to the dam, and he's telling me all about Rod and how he did all this. So that was in two thousand and five, and you'd been killing it then. I think around that time too, you went in a. ABT comp with Andy Thompson, one of the first ones up at yeah, Peter Faust. Yeah, the first one, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you won it. Team you guys won it. Team yeah, barrel, was it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah got with, some big barrels in that comp. It was pretty good actually. But like I said, just a moment ago, I was fishing that damn so much. I was sort of fishing it flat out, so I knew yeah. exactly where to go. I'll never forget it. I had that little four point three five, you know, punting, and I'm lining up for for the um, scrutineering prior to the comp and everyone lines up and you drive through and yeah. uh, what's his name? And bloody fellow runs Morgan. Steve Morgan does all Steve the checks. Morgan, on, yeah. yeah, he, he yep. does the checks. Have you got your safety gear? Have you got this? Have you got that? There's all these bass boats zooming through and I was just like in my little tinny. <laughs> in the, I was so embarrassed in this little thing. I was like, stuff it, I'm going for it. 
and uh, yeah, was, they did the the big takeoff from the boat ramp. Everyone zooms off to the other side of the dam, and we just swung around to the right. And I think I had my first barrel within two minutes, like half a dozen casts or something, right in front of everyone at the boat ramp. <laughs> wow. All the other boats had nicked off over there. But anyway, yeah, because I, I was fishing the dam so much, I just knew it. Yeah, and I did. We did win that comp. I can't remember who it was the team, but one of the first one we won. But we placed in both and won one of them. Yeah, made a lot of people yeah. sit up and take notice, mate. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and obviously... And big barrows uh, too. There was one of the big... You know, back then in team barrow, a metre 10 barrow was a really big fish, and I think I got... I think my... Four, five, out of the five bag, one was a metre 10, and the rest were 98s or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah wow, that was that's amazing. Cool. That is so it cool. Was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just... And I was just frothing on it so much, so that just lit the fire even more, you know? One of the questions I love to ask guests, in particular, is in their in their early stages of fly fishing. You know, have that. You know, most of the time, people have formed networks with other with other fly fishermen and and learned together and succeeded together. Um, do you think that's a fair assessment of your early time in fly? Absolutely. Yeah, there was a really good bunch of fellas. So uh, Neil Cunnington was another one down there too. Darren Jennings. Yep. Uh, Dan and McCoy. Um, there was sort of about half a dozen of us that were just uh, involved on the, the chat forums, the yep. saltwater fly fishing chat forum. Yep. And um, and locally as well. So we'd we'd meet up regularly. There'd be there'd be more often than not there'd be four or five of us going out on a weekend adventure somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really good bunch of blokes, and we're all all developing our skills at the same time. And you got five heads uh, researching everything that they possibly can, you're going to learn stuff pretty quick. Yeah. yeah it's a pretty positive environment and culture when that happens, you know, and everyone's yeah. constructive and moving in the right direction, <clears throat> same yeah. direction, I should say. And, yeah, um, no, it was good. I was looking back through some old photos the other day and there was a, I stood back one day and let the boys walk out on the flat. We were fishing a coral flat yeah. um, north of Mackay. And <laughs> I just well, looked at this photo. It's old and grainy and taken with my little poxy old digital you know, camera and and it just had such good memories of, of these boys walking out onto this coral flat. And I remember never never forget it. So one of the blokes knew the spot and he told us all that we should go there and have a look because he'd seen tails sticking out of the water there. Yeah. And none of us had really yeah. caught many fish on the flats at this stage. So yeah, it was really, really, really cool to just to look back at that photo and see them boys walking down on that flat and just that, that memory, that moment of, of that group of fellows and, and what we did learn and the excitement catching fish yeah did you get a goldie that day mate no i didn't get a goldie mate no no struggled for a <laughs> while with those things hey eh? thanks for reminding me <laughs> <laughs> there was, awesome. eh? it was it was years and years i don't know how many yeah. it's a bit like fishing with chris the other day every one i hooked oh, <laughs> nice deflection rod nice uh, deflection because i was just about like... to mention there's a bit of a deep grain culture about your struggle <laughs> with goldies do you want to tell us about that oh mate so uh yeah some some cheeky bastard years ago started a, started a chat uh, started a thread on the saltwater fly forum about um goldens. So I think back at that time, I don't think there was any fish topic threads at that stage. And anyway, some fellas started off. Oh, I hope you can all post up photos of goldies because one of my mates just can't catch them or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, did that? I struggled with those things for years. I, I, seriously, it would have been probably four years of initially fly fishing and catching lots of fish and catching really cool stuff, but just couldn't catch a goldie for life. And, yeah, yeah. Some people like to make it public, yeah. <laughs> right, mate. I don't think anyone's right. six, six. Now, mate. 
Corner. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, good on you, mate. Good on you. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, mate, don't, don't ever try to deflect onto the hosts again, there, Rod. That's a, <laughs> a real faux pas on this podcast, mate. <laughs> It's just, I'm just going to take it out on Valti later on, you know? Yeah, well, I can't yeah. say I won't do it again. <laughs> really guess, mate, you, you feel free. Yeah. <laughs> that thread's 120 pages long now, by the way. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> the other day, and I actually went back right to the start and read it off the mark. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. and I remember participating in the early days, you know, like we were all proud to put our goalies up, not realising that every goalie picture you put up there is a dagger in Rod's heart, you know? <laughs> stabbing me. Just stabbing me. And then I only let it... the first one I caught was probably about oh, maybe 12 inches long or something like that. I, I was getting the same thing, going through old photos the other day, and I'm holding this tiny little golden, I'm giving it a kiss, and I was just like, ah, finally. <laughs> 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 oh, I, think, I think it got tangled in the line as well. I don't even think it ate. <laughs> Hooked under the chin. Yeah. yeah. Well, anywhere forward of the tail is classified as a Yeah, mate. Bit, so. Fair enough, yeah. mate. <laughs> Fair enough too. Uh, uh, Rod, did you have a yeah? You got a permit for a goldie, didn't you? Oh, I think I did. Yeah, yeah. One of the f- the rare fishermen who's who's gone about things backwards. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Way. yeah. Just a little guy, just one of those little little dudes that just chase the clouds and eat it. Yeah, easy yep. ones, but still, it, it was one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes up for all the um the ones you should catch with a. With the scientific presentations, and you don't get. So. Oh, mate. Yeah. yeah. That's a challenge. <laughs> it's fishing, though, isn't so it? So much easier than golden. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you, um, you put yourself through a fair bit of stress like that. Uh, I'm going to branch out into um, your bit of a. Your, your, I, would, I, would, I probably wouldn't. It's not fair enough to call it your side hobby, but your other hobby to fishing, which is your hunting. Yeah, yeah. I get right into my hunting. Yeah, bow hunting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, like, uh, as with fishing, where you choose to do it the most difficult way, you'll choose to mm. hunt the most difficult way too. So, Pretty much. Oh, there are some blokes hunting with spears, but I'm not that keen. So, yeah. Really? Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, in the states, yeah, some fellas that do that for sure. Yeah. What are they hunting with spears? Anything and everything. People. But yeah, bow hunting, mate. I love it. I do. I love it. The poor. Absolutely love it. So, them same fellas yeah. down before I got me into. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I oh, just you said anything. I just mentioned the homeless. Are they hunting the homeless with spears? <laughs> Bum hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Parrot, well, I saw um, hey, <laughs> saw a video of Rod. Actually, I'd probably be too embarrassed to say this. I saw a video. This is over Hang a on. sentence. On what what website, mate? Yeah, Vault. <laughs> 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 it was actually at, at Fenton's house. It, w- it wasn't a public video. It was um, <clears throat> you guys up the Cape. I know you used, oh, used, yeah. to, used to go up and and anyway, um, I, I'm not a bow hunter. I I admire it. I'd, you know, I want something. It's on the list of things to do one day. But there was um, you know, Rod and, and Fenton was was stalking up dry um, dry creek creek beds and and on on uh, sleeping bores like right up yeah. like ten ten meters away from them, sometimes closer. Yeah. Yeah, and then just yeah, hit right. in bare feet and hitting these boars like you know. I know, yeah. Now, I think you got charged a couple of times too, mate. Well, I have been. I don't know about in that video back there. I've always, I think, probably just me running out of sheer fear, well, yeah. not necessarily being charged. But yeah, I've definitely been charged a few times over the years by cranky boars. One one time, I ended up up a tree and 
me two mates were um, on the other side of the swamp and I'm hollering out to them on the radio. No, I didn't realise, but I'm hollering out for help. And in the end, I'm screaming at them, help us out over here, I'm stuck up a tree. And they were busy doing the same thing on the other side of the swamp themselves. So, but um, yeah, yeah, occasionally, you know, as you've seen in those videos, you're sneaking right up on these things and they're big cranky buggers. So when you yeah. wake them up like that, the first thing they're looking for is who's, who's giving them a touch-up, thinking another bore or something's coming in, giving them a, a towel on Mm. And uh, yeah, so if they turn around and say you, well then you're it. So yeah, no, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty challenging. It is. Um, more recently, like years ago, I used to get right into the. Um, well, still do every year up the Cape, uh, like those trips that Fenton taught me how to, to do um, and mm. initiated, I suppose. Um, but yeah, we got a group of fellows, and we usually do annually same trip up the Cape that we have done since the early two thousands. But um, mm -hmm. more recently, in the last probably ten, eight, eight years, I'm really focusing on my deer. Yeah, and do a lot more deer hunting than I do pig hunting. Yeah. What yeah. Uh, What species are you chasing? Uh, so locally, I've got chittle deer, um, not far from here. So this mate of mine's got a station just up the road, about an hour and a half up the road from here, which isn't too far away. Mm. Um, it's got pigs and, and it's got chittle deer on that property. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll also do some travelling trips while I head down into northern New South Wales, um, southwest or south central Queensland, um, hunting fallow and red deer. Yeah, yeah, right. A couple, a couple of different species, and I think it was uh, early 2020. I managed to get down to Victoria and chase samba deer for the first time ever, which was really cool. Um, only seen them from a distance in my binos. I didn't get to hunt one, but um, we climbed to the top of a hill one day, and the text messages come through from mates need to get out of there. They're closing borders, so that was the, the start off of all the border restrictions and closures and that. Oh yeah. Yeah, so that cut our trip short pretty quick there and didn't really get to sink my teeth into those deer down there. They're really challenging, so um, I'm really looking forward to getting another crack at them sometime soon. Rod, you're in a position where you're seeing the uh, the high end of the of the fly fishing in Australia and, you know, I know that you know mug in the uh, in the um, hunting circles either. If you had to, I know, I know this is going to be a difficult question and uh, it may not be a, a, a simple one, but... You have to pick one way to, to spend your time. I know this is a fly fishing podcast, so don't let that sway you. Um, <laughs> which would it, where would it be? I reckon you'd definitely be fishing. Yeah, fishing's been or hunting and fishing have both been something that's been in my blood that my parents have taught me from a young age. Mm. Um, but fishing's definitely the one that that I, I prioritise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I, I can understand that, mate. I mean, you know, you, you probably you probably could make your business hunting as well. I mean, you, you're picking one that you probably consider longevity in. Um, Mm, that's right, but, yeah. and there is a big industry in that hunting hunting industry as well. The guided hunting industry is very big. Yep. Also, um, got a couple of mates that are into it, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sort of helping a mate out. Another friend of mine, Ben Solaris, is running a business called Silent Pursuits. It's an outfitting business for bow hunting all around the world. Mm -hmm. um, so helping him out a bit, you know, on a bit of advisory stuff, and um, helping him out with a bit of guiding here and there when he needs it. So, could yeah. could you ever see? Um, Trips crossing over for AFO clients? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so it's something I'm looking into at the moment is trying to find some local properties because as, as the conversation that we're having here now, you can imagine the conversation sways that way uh, a, lot of t a lot of the days on the boat too with, with clients. Mm. Um, same sort of thing. A lot of the clients are exactly the same sort of nature people that enjoy hunting and fishing as well. Um, mm. so not all of them, but there's a quite a few. And those guys that that conversation does come up with um, – seem to show that fair bit of interest that maybe we could put something together with a bit of a combo so yeah started looking around i'm um, talking to some property owners around here 
to see if that's something I can do. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, yeah, well, it interests me. Yeah, that that's the thing, isn't it? Like it's um, I mean, I I can't speak for Volts, but I mean, I can speak for myself to know that it's not you don't have to go too far within you know having an interest in in fly fishing through whatever media outlet or friends you speak to to hear there are a lot of parallels between uh, archery archery hunt uh, hunting with bow hunting i should say and um, and fly fishing and to know one or the other and to hear that common um, par- uh, parallel drawn there it does spike spike a real interest in that you know um, mm. i guess yeah, afo yeah. customers have got a um, an unknowingly an unknowing advantage to to a pathway towards uh, engaging in that interest through you given the level like you know yeah I, I look you know people would know that like i mean and that, that you know like recently we, we spent a, spent a bit, bit of time together and that was a pretty big topic of conversation i learned during that time we were fishing together that um of how involved you are in it with um mm-hmm. you know with in, in all sorts of levels you know and it's um it would be it would be an interesting thing and i think um i think without going into it too far it, it'd be an uh uh, probably a popular um, interest for a lot of the people that are already fly fishing. Given that you've already, sure. a lot of people have already heard that if you're into fly fishing, you would you would like bow hunting, and that strikes my interest yeah. in that respect as well. You know, yeah, I even and I even get some comments on social media posts and things like that when I because on my private page, not the AFO page, mm-hmm. um, it's called Both Fly Adventures, which was mm-hmm. initially which was going to be my you know the brainstorm I had years ago was to involve bow hunting and fly fishing outfitting you know and get people doing exactly that get them up north get them out for a fish go and hunt a pig or a deer or whatever it may be um so yeah that that um get some comments on my personal social media page where oh geez i wouldn't mind getting into one of those or uh, some people showing interest you know wouldn't mind having yeah. a track of one of them or can you get can you organize like that so yeah that definitely is something that um yeah i'm definitely gonna have a look at getting something set up pretty soon that'd be pretty cool man like you could you probably have you know a, a two-pronged um, advertising campaign you know like permit and pork tusky and tusker <laughs> something like that <laughs> beers and deers yeah beers and deers and blue mm. bastards in your ears i don't know <laughs> 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 Yeah, mate. No, hopefully one day, you know, I've already got one uh, client in mind in particular, actually, who's very, pretty interested in the chittle deer. So I actually asked the property owner if I could team him up with a hunt the other day. And he said, yeah, more than likely. So it could be starting up. Could, something could be Wow. Yeah. Well, that's certainly unique, yeah. eh? That'd be great. That's, the, that's the trickiest thing is, is, you know, like it's not like fishing where you can just go out and as long as you're not fishing in a green zone, you're right. You know, as long as you're following the rules, you can go wherever you want. Mm. Uh, when it comes to hunting, well, it's not like that. You've got to have property access. Um, mm. New South Wales, they'll allow state forest hunting. Uh, Queensland hasn't uh, sharpened up to that idea yet. There is a big movement pushing for that, um, to, to allow hunting in state forests in Queensland. Like public um, land? So public land um, is, is you know, just, just state forests, not, not yep. national parks or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, they're looking, at, they're looking at trying to get it. There is a big movement um, hunting in, in Queensland state forests. Uh, so yeah, getting back to the point is it, it's not like you can just go anywhere. So finding somewhere where you can go, um, number one, uh, having access, legal access, and having a a um, property owner that's more than happy to accommodate, as in housing quarters and feed, 
um, because not all, not everyone who's going to want to come on a guided hunting trip either is going to want to camp out in the bush, you know. So especially in North Queensland, when it's thinking, oh, a lot of blokes probably want to be back on too. So, well, would you yeah, do that? Put, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could do both. I could do campouts or or accommodation. So, yeah. I'm exploring those options anyway. So I can't say I'll, I can. I'm exploring those options, and hopefully, I'm going to be able to offer that. Yeah. That's fair yeah. enough. Would you, you know, this might not happen for another year or so, but there's definitely one or two that might happen in the near future. Yeah. Would you need the gear? Trial runs, you know? uh, would you need the gear? As in, yeah. Yeah, you'd have to be fairly experienced to be able to do it. That's right. Not, not the sort of thing a novice would do. Yeah, right. It's uh, not they, like a deer hunting out here. Yeah. No. There's some, there's some different outfitters that are working up around Cape York that do um, beginner bow hunting courses. They'll take you for four days or five days up the up the Cape and teach you the whole, the ins and outs, set your bow up, teach you how <laughs> yeah. to hunt, teach you how to stalk, teach you the anatomy of an animal. Um, so there, And there's a couple of other beginner sort of style outfitters around the place, but this is what I'll be offering is pretty much a bit like going permit fishing. You know, you sort of need yeah. to know what you're doing before you get into it. Yeah. You're already there, you know. Gotcha. You, yeah. You just yeah, can't rock up yeah. and shaft a sow. You know? No, that's right. No. No. Okay. Well, what if I've got an M16? <laughs> can I come along? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 100%. This just yeah. costs you a lot more money, that's all. Okay. <laughs> you, make, you make too much mess. It's too much to clean up. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to clean it up. I just want to, like, uh, mow stuff down and get out of it. <laughs> Walk away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that um, sounds like, you know, you could cater for that. And and if I hold it, hold the rifle on its side, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, special. that's another trip altogether. That's the gangster package. Yeah. And I, if, I, if I call boars fools, that's fine. Like, look at those fools and mow them down. <laughs> <laughs> you can cater yeah, a package probably, for me, though. not allowed to come, Chris. Yeah, okay. <laughs> probably ruined it. I'm, I'm listening to myself. I'm hearing it as I'm saying it. It uh, doesn't sound good. I pity the fool. Yeah. Pity the pig. I told my daughter that, and she thought she and she went straight away. Who peed in the pool? I said, No, I pity the fool. <laughs> Who peed in the pool? Oh dear. I peed in the pool. Anyway, side story. But yeah, there are a lot of um. Going back to the bow hunting thing, mate. Because you just get too distracted again. But no, there are a lot of crossovers. Like we've talked about this before, the the same sort of not the same sort of people, but very similar sort of people that like the challenge of, you know, they put themselves out there and have a crack at fly fishing. Mm. Probably the same sort of people that are going to, if they already own a rifle and and go hunting or have done when they were younger, they'd probably lean towards something a bit trickier, maybe. Mm. But then you can get into archery, and it goes. You know, you've got different steps in that, as well, different levels in that too. So you've got compound bows and, and recurve bows and long bows, and they're all different levels of um, skill as well. You know. So what's your yeah, favourite? Say so again. What's your favourite? My favourite's the long bow, mate, for sure. Yeah, just that. The I call it the romance of the, the long bow. You know, just that sneaking around the bush, old school style with Robin Hood, just a stick and a string. Robin Hood Tights. style. That's right. Yeah, yep. yeah. But it just Rodney takes Hood. a lot of practice, you know. <laughs> Rodney, yeah. Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you yeah, like broadheads, mate? A lot more practice than um than a compound bow. That's all. Compound bow's got sights and a, and a traditional stick bow doesn't. So. What mm. sort of heads do you like, mate? Uh, broadheads. Broadheads. Yeah, right. I'm using Cayuga broadheads at the moment. There's a bit of a plug on a fly fishing um, podcast about a bow hunting product. It probably won't go anywhere, but nah. It will allow. <laughs> the fellow, <laughs> fellow I know who makes broadheads in um, North Queensland, yeah. yeah. yeah I right, think he him. gets them made offshore, but he designs them and all the rest of it. So. 
How many blades have they got, mate? Uh, the ones I use have got two two blades. Yeah, right. But, yeah, two or three blades, a couple of different variants. Do they have a different uh, trajectory? Depending on how you get your bow set up, yeah. They, they can, you, normally you would get the, the broadheads to weigh exactly the same if you were going to use anything that was different. So if you say, for example, if you had a broadhead on the front of your arrow that weighed 125 grain and it was a two-blade, yeah. and you put a 125 grain three-blade on the front of your arrow, it's probably going to fly pretty pretty much the same because of the weight's the same. So yeah. s- someone like Chris, would you describe him as having a broadhead? And, yes, um, and a very <laughs> low trajectory. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I have to be careful around toilets. But um, <laughs> we've got a listener who wrote in and said, Dear Rod, is it true that, that, that um, John Rambo actually blew up a helicopter with an explosive head arrow? 100%. True? <laughs> yeah. Nah, that was actual, I'm, I'm sure, I think my dad even told me that was actual live footage. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And wow, that's amazing. And in Rambo 2, he took down a VC, like a Viet Cong commander with a exploding tip as well. That's, that, oh, that sounds like the same that. question that the, um, the listener just wrote in, Boss. Could have been me. Might not oh. have been. But I'm somewhat of a Rambo aficionado. Yeah, yeah right. Ram- yeah. Rambio. Yeah, right. I watched it that the other day, actually. She seen on the TV there was a Rambo best going on the movie you know, yes. multi-night rambo thing on seven mates she said, oh we're gonna watch that and then it would turn out it was 8 30 at night past that bedtime so yes it's uh it's not for the faint heart of the rambo marathons rambo yeah, five yeah. is the best spoiler alert oh. yeah well yeah is last, there a rambo five? Over there. last blood pretty good too yeah. wow mm. lots you're into it eh? oh yeah you gotta know rambo yeah yeah. yeah, I don't get much time with the parakeet militia to watch TV, but you know it's cool. Um, <laughs> There'll be no hey, stopping Bolty now that he knows that the um, that that helicopter footage was live. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's always thought I knew I knew that Rambo was authentic. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, cool man. Anyway, so yeah. is Santa Claus. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey mate, getting back to the to the fishing aspect of it. Um, yeah. One thing that um, sort of struck my my um, my little mind while you were talking about the accommodation during hunting was to point out that you you know you mentioned that you were based in Townsville. Um, sorry, I got a text message from some Rambo enthusiast just then. Sorry, just distracted. Oh, they'd be loving it, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so just to point out, like you've got you know you're based in Townsville. It's not like you you need to fly into Townsville, stay in Townsville, then you start. Yeah, you know, you're consuming the day with like you know six hours driving in one direction or other. It's you know you got different places right. that you'll 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 camp up, right? Like um, you know, like like places like that. I mean, still using the Blue House, but Cardwell, the Hinchy. Yeah, can, potentially. Yeah. So I've, I've also been exploring a bunch of other different options in Lucinda, um, yep. down and down in the, the with Sundays as well, uh, Proserpine. So yep. where we stayed at down in um, Proserpine when we did our trip, we stayed yep. out at the Camp Kanga. Yep. Um, for some guys I've got coming in next month, we're going to do the same sort of trip. Um, I'm going to accommodate them in town. Gotcha. Um, just something a little bit less campy, so, so to speak, you know, like not, not actually at the camp, a bit more motel and pub feed sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, coming into in, being based in Townsville, like you're saying, you know, travelling a bunch of hours in different directions, I think everything that I'm going to do is probably within three hours tops of Townsville. So, 
Mm. Yeah, if you were to fly into Townsville, then there's definitely options to stay a day in Townsville, do some fishing around here, cruise straight down to wherever, or cruise straight up to Hinchinbrook. Yeah. So yeah, I'll mostly be using. I haven't actually got a lodge, so to speak. Um, haven't purchased a lodge, uh, so I'm using Airbnb or beach house style accommodations. And some hotel and motel accommodations as well, depending on where we go. Well, mate, I would have I would have slept on the deck of the boat to fish fast the way that place fished. That was um wasn't it crazy? Oh yeah, man, I've spent wait a, to get back down there. I spent a lot of time in Barry Impoundments, man, and um that place is very different to any other place that I've fished. It's it's, it's incredible, that's for sure. Pretty so you spectacular know, when they're up on the top like that, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's wild. That is yep. cruising around like sharks. That is uh, that was the best way I could describe it. Yeah, with how's that um, morning where we we finished the morning bite and then we went to that mid morning bite period. And, there was even uh, more on the out, surface. Moved, yeah, moved out onto that other point, and there was just I, I think at one stage there you were on the front of the boat casting and frothing and like focusing, trying you know because they were one swirled in front or there was one. You can say it, right? I was yelling, don't talk to me, I'm concentrating. <laughs> it was freaking out because there was shit going on everywhere. <laughs> and, um, I didn't know my own yeah. name. There was so many barrels. Oh, was... man. Yeah, so there was, I, I looked at that. Like, I remember, never, I have that picture in my head and I will have it forever. There was you and I was seven other barrels. There was you on targeting that fish and seven other barrels on the surface cruising around or boofing or just finning or whatever. Seven, yeah. seven metre long fish within a casting, you know, within a long cast of all the way around the boat. Oh, man, that was crazy. Yeah, that's so that's, cool. Um, so cool. We can't wait to show it to more people. And yeah, it's um, definitely something pretty special to add into a lot the, um, of uh, quiver. Because I do have a lot of a lot of clients from Davo's um, handover that have said to me, "Oh, let's, you know, I wouldn't mind doing something a bit different." I know that damn barrel thing looks pretty cool. It's not everyone's cup of tea. It's not something you'd go and do for five or six days straight. You wouldn't make the whole trip out of it like you would the Hinchinbrook Channel because you've got so many varying things to do. Mm. But definitely a pretty cool two or three day trip for sure. Yeah, if you treat it, I mean, we saw a lot of fish, but I would imagine it'd have its days as well where you'd have to treat it the same way you'd have days on the flats where there's been plenty of times I've been fishing in the flats, whether it be with a guide or by myself, where you're staring at sand for for a good four to five hours, you know, um, mm-hmm. some, yeah. sometimes, and that's that's just fishing on certain days. We yeah. definitely, mate. The, that barrow fishing, like sight fishing for those barrow, reminded me of eight, the sort of ADD fishing a tuna fishing is. If you didn't see something for ten minutes, you're like, oh man, this place is. Oh, where dead. are they? Yeah, yeah you're like, <laughs> like yeah. it's been ten minutes before you've yeah. seen a barrow on the surface, you know. Or it's even a, just an, just an hour ago, you had a bite or, or whatever, and there was fish swimming around everywhere. But oh, where are they? What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember we, we went to a new spot. I don't know if you remember, we went down. I don't even know how to describe it, but behind that point, and we're like, oh, it'd be good if we started seeing tails down here. And then I, I remember within yeah. 20 seconds, you've gone, there's one. <laughs> like, oh, there. shit, man. This yeah, place is incredible. Yeah. Everywhere you go. It is, man. It is. At the right times. At other times, um, it doesn't have the, the name similar to a Wonga and Mondurin as the Dam of a Thousand Cast. You know, it has that name as well. And, um, you know, on some days, if, if you haven't got your, well, me personally, I've got it sort of half sussed, you know, I, I haven't fished it for a quite a long time, but I still remember exactly the thousands of hours I've spent on those impoundments back in the early 2000s. Um, you get those those different bite times lined up right with the right time of the day, you're going to see that sort of action regularly. That yeah. That's it, isn't it? Like, I mean, well, yeah, that's right. We probably should offer that disclaimer so you don't, 
you know, set you know misconceptions for people. Like yeah, those, those it's fish act. Not, it's not a cricket score sort of place where you're going to go and catch you know a ridiculous amount of fish. And you might like I've you know when I've had customers or clients inquire about these trips, I've said to them, it's not the sort of place where we're going to go and catch cricket scores of fish. It's the sort of place we go and spend three days. Um, you're going to have the opportunity to maybe come away with a trophy fish of a lifetime, you know, like as in yeah. Monday on fly. So. And and, um, and potentially do it leading a fish, you know, like especially yeah, that's right. yeah, with yeah. the ability with your boat to, to pull through, you know, a couple yeah. of inches of weed. It's um Yeah, that's right, yeah. You know, Sneaking they're, into they're, the back of areas where a lot of other people aren't getting into without spooking fish with their legs. Get over the top of it. Oh, yeah. there, is, there is absolutely no way. Like some of the fish we were casting at, there is... Absolutely no way you're getting with an electric motor. No way in the world. Not even if you held, like, if you held, to where you'd have to hold that prop to, to cut, to spin the water without hitting That's any weed, you'd have it. so much noise, yeah. It'd be three quarters, the prop would be three quarters out of the water. Yeah, for and then sure. you're making, making too much noise to get anywhere near them anyway, so it's not Way too work. much noise. Yeah. Mm. I've seen those barrows in those bays, and I've been, oh, 50, 80 metres away, long way away, you know, and, and turn the electric on to move, and they've reacted. You can see them react. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. I guess um, all you can do without polling in there is just watch them. And drift, you try and drift in and it doesn't work and, yeah, you end up stuck in a weed because you've seen it too. When we, you know, I'll, I'll pole us over and sit us on top of a pile of weed. We just sat there on top of the weed that holds the boat still. Yeah. Wind drift or anything like that. So even trying to set up a drift in there and drifting on the fish, it's not going to work. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, pretty cool, pretty cool fishery, and I'm glad I can add it to the quiver because it's you know it's it's um it's something that I hold dear close to my heart from many years ago. Um, it's probably one of my favourite ways to fish, which was empowerment fishing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I can have, offer some trips to these guys, and, and we'll see how we go. We've got the first one coming up, hopefully in two weeks. Yeah, we're watching the weather. I've got a client doing exactly the same thing as we do, Chris. We're watching the weather. It's an early season trip, so I'm not locking him in because it's you know I don't want to lock someone into a period of the season that potentially could be rained out. Yeah, or you know, you know, potentially be a bad weather. So yeah, we're just yeah just going to watch the weather and hopefully get to do exactly the same thing we did the other the other week, mate, the other month. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, for sure, mate. It's um. Yeah, I think for anyone who's, who's you know who's never experienced Empowerment Barra before, it's a great dam. That's and, and for people that have spent the yards on on Empowerment Barra on fly in the past, um, there is no no dam like it. Like you'll 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 ruin yourself for other dams. Like it, uh, yeah, you, you really will. <laughs> you really yeah. will. There's there's nothing like it. That's for sure. Yeah, and that's why you come with me because I'll try and pick the best times to get it done and get that best action. That's right. Look, I, I'm within driving distance, uh, pretty quick driving distance of, of Awonga and Mondrian for where I live, and I would rather fly up there and fish fish that dam with you than um, than than spend my time blowing my shoulder out on those dams. That's for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I really would. That's uh, I know it's a but big. But like we said, it's not always like that. It's not always like that. But when we line up all those, you know, when all the planets align, it's yeah, 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 pretty special, pretty visual, pretty special. Look, just just flashing back to that. Um, that timber comp that I won, all those I caught one that one big fish early, and then all the, the rest of my fish that filled my bag were caught within a half an hour period on that bite time. Yeah, well, wow. and that was it for the, for the whole. It was an overnight comp, so it started at it was four in the afternoon and finished at six a.m. Wow. Yeah, and all and all those one fish was caught in during the night, and the rest were caught in a half an hour period right in the middle of the night in the bite time. 
Yeah, they're they're mm. a funny fish like that. You, I mean, like you, it's one thing to know the bite times to fish. You can have all the electronics in the world, but the electronics or the saluna table doesn't tell you where to find them either. You no, know? that's right. No, that's you right. still got to understand the. And it was good actually fishing them. it with you, um, with your experience off them other dams and, and taking on that bit of knowledge that you shared with me about why they're moving around the dam and 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 where the sort of spots you might find them because of the reason while they're moving around the dam so that was pretty cool too good info yeah it was it was that was a good trip we uh i mean that you you just took over dave's boat which is something we could talk about as well but you know that had a sounder on there that you weren't familiar with and neither of us could fucking work the thing um for, for until the last the last day <laughs> yeah so yeah. so we kind of had we to really re- needed it anyway but it was interesting to, to have a look yeah well we had to rely on pretty old school sort of stuff really which was mm understanding the species and as and you know i mean we'd have to do it with a sounder anyway i mean like i just said like if we even had great electronics it's still not electronics aren't going to point you from the direction of the boat ramp to get to where to go you know that's right yeah still understand where where they are and why and where they're going to be active as opposed to laying up and it was a it was an i wouldn't say it was an, an easy place to read like that but there were places that uh, rewarded you for that sort of thinking. You yeah, know, it made it made sense what you were saying for those particular spots for sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's no, a great place. Keen to get back. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, can't wait to get you back up here, man. Yeah, yeah, man, it's going to be great. Um, mate, why don't you um tell us a little bit about um the future? I mean, you've told us about what your, your plans are, but the greater future for for AFO, like um. Uh, what do you what do you see? How do you see AFO in like maybe you know five years or so? In five years, Rodney might be looking to retire. No, <laughs> <laughs> no Rodney's just lost in the bush with his longbow. Just yeah, yep. there you go. That's it. Fly a rod in the backpack and and longbow in here. Yeah. No, I, I see the I see the business probably growing slightly. Um, I'd like to you know in the in maybe in the next couple of years look at uh, mentoring training a, a young fella proper you know like an apprenticeship style sort of thing you know like a padawan padawan a padawan yeah so yeah, yeah. Not, not actually like a you know say for example a, a apprenticeship that's over years but just get a young fellow that's real keen um, that wants to be a fishing guide instead of just randoms who sort of don't really want to but they want to you know what i mean it'd yeah. be really good to, to get a young fella and, and train him up I've, I've always really enjoyed training up uh, young guys in my, my previous industry has been mechanical industry always really enjoyed uh, working with apprentices and training and, and watching them grow mm-hmm. it'd be really good to have a, a one or two young guys come up through the ranks and hopefully then maybe one day hand over to him you know mm. um so yeah i see the i see the business moving forward pretty much similar as it is mate um growing hope growing a little bit hopefully but maybe expanding into some new locations uh, Definitely not just going to stick to the same old, same old. It'll be the same sort of thing going on. Uh, it'll be, you know, fly fishing on the flats, obviously. But, yeah, a couple of new locations to add into the quiver. And, um, yeah, I'll see the same, similar, similar style business. Yeah. So, basically, sticking around the area, it might, yeah. might yeah. have a, a, a second full-time guide on eventually or something like that. But, um, yeah. You're already working with... Um, you said you said you work with Snelly. I'm, I'm guessing you're working with guys like Ian as well. Like you know, if yep. you need be. Yep. Ian, yep. Ian Kikers, yep. Al Simpson, uh, yep. Amos Mapleston's always been a, a great um, help with Dave over the last couple of years. But he's taken on a full time job now, so he's not full time guiding anymore. Yep. Um, so it's probably going to be looking. It'll probably look like myself, Snelly, um, Ian, and 
pal helping out where they can, and Davo will pull him out of retirement with the little uh, the little dolphin skiff here and there if I, if I need to, if we need a, a bit of hand. Yep. So that was yeah. and that was your boat that as well, wasn't it? You got, that was part of the deal with you guys, right? That little or, skiff, yeah. I bought that off Troy Burbage years ago, um, and it was always it's such a good little boat, and it was so hard not so hard to get in, but it's so it would be so hard to get another one in of that same caliber for the same sort of money. Um, we sort of swore to each other that we keep it in the circle or the triangle of myself, Dave, or Troy. So it's now gone from Troy to me, and now it's now over to Dave. So it'll it'll stay in that triangle; it won't go anywhere else. Um, <laughs> and hopefully, it'll stay in the in the back the back quiver of um, AFO. Yeah, in the future, it's a great little skiff. It's a bit smaller oh. than the Maverick, a fair bit smaller than the Maverick. Yeah, but um, it's an amazing shallow water boat. Poles like like his pole on the surfboard. Hey, there's some there's some um, big names in um, in saltwater fly fishing that um, talk about dolphin skiffs with no- nothing but respect. That's for sure. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. I think yeah. we had um, when we had Dustin Huff on, he was saying his first yeah. skiff was a, a dolphin. You know, I think he, I think he even still has one. I think. Uh, I uh, I don't know. He's got a he's got a Chittum that he guides yeah, out, and, and, yeah. and he's got that comp Chittum as well. That that Kevlar yeah, thing. Weapon of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> things are like straight out of hell. <laughs> Two two five or two fifty on the back, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean that that's that's huge. That huge boat that um that you got off Dave's no slouch either, mate. That's such a beautiful boat. The to Maverick, fish out of. yeah, yeah, yeah. An ripper, Sorry, yeah. not the Hughes. Oh, mate, Dave is going to so, be same, no, Dave is going to be throwing his parent, phone right now. Same company. I'm pretty sure they're both combined. <laughs> the MBC also builds the Hueys, so the Maverick Boating yep. Group. Yeah. I feel yeah. so embarrassed right now. Yeah. I'm um, I'm right, expecting mate. a phone call from Dave that after this show airs. <laughs> yeah, so Snelly's running the Hughes. Yep. Um, yeah, he's got a 21 footer, which is a cracker, absolute ripper of a boat. It's uh, sort of a crossover boat between the, the flats and, and a bay boat. Yep. Uh, definitely, definitely no slouch in the shallow water as well. That thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, uh. no, they're good boats, mate, for sure. Absolutely. Built yeah. out of Florida, USA. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, from from the the motherland of flat fishing, yeah, or fly yeah. fishing, I suppose, where it's all started. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, Can't that wait day, to get back there, I'll tell you. Jeez. That, that day I was up start. there with Dave, and, and you came out like we saw it. In, I mean, what did that? That, looked, that was like twenty five knots, just roaring up the channel. It's um, yeah. and it's pretty much dry. Just, just eat today. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If you're driving properly, you could, you know, I've taken guys back to the ramp with a quartering on. Or a quartering behind, you know, choppy, windy, twenty odd knots, and maybe one or two drops on your glasses, and that's it. If you're driving yeah. properly, they're they're probably one of the driest boats you could ever imagine. Yeah, so I think that a lot of a lot of um, lesser boats get a bad name because of poor driving as well. You know, like get a lot of people drove boats a little bit better. They'd probably run a bit drier. Oh, you um, see it all the time, yeah. mate. Dudes yeah. don't trim it trim it right or. And like that, right, running the wrong angles, you know, it's not all yeah. about just going in a straight line sometimes. Sometimes you do got to do a bit of tacking and jiving to get yourself to where you need to be without copping an absolute hiding, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, i got a mate of mine um, that we uh, we drove his boat through uh, Skirmish Point and um, and uh, we turned it into a submarine at one stage. Do you, you know that guy, yeah, Bolts? Right. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thought you yeah, might, mate. Yeah. I think I think anyone who's had any time on Skirmish Point would be sympathising with you there, Chris. 
Um, yeah, a bit, bit of a wild squat down in Harvey. Oh, no, no, it's south of Bribe, tip of Bribe. Yeah, okay. you you got current coming around the corner and meeting um, shallow water and, and sometimes an opposing current. and It's oh, just, nice. it's literally a washing machine sometimes. So. Uh, yeah. it, it was unlucky, mate. It was just, um, but, uh, but, his, but, uh, but Valti's boat handled it quite well. And, uh, we were, we were totally underwater at one stage. It was, um, yeah, I remember right. looking up and we were just like, it was like getting barreled on a surfboard. It was, it was incredible. <laughs> Time stood still for a few moments. I heard yeah, beach boys really in the well. background. There was, was a sheet <laughs> of water come over us. It was good, you know. But yeah. It wakes you up. Just reminds you about how, how dangerous it can be. <laughs> Chris, oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris took a couple of, you know, a couple of gallons to the broadhead there and it was fucking, you know, full <laughs> fresh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, would yeah. just straight through it, wouldn't he? <laughs> you guys done? <laughs> nah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I've, 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 I've got to be careful because I can't I... pick a fight with you fellas stirring it up because you're a heap more witty than I am, so I usually end up copping it. <laughs> it's all right, mate. I normally end up copping it, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, Rod, you, you spoke briefly about, you know, your... You've, you've been overseas, um, particularly Florida. You just spoke about that. Mate, sometimes you see in, in, in guides fishing, um, you know, they might, I think sometimes guides can get jaded because they're on the water so much, helping other people achieve their goals. What what have you still, you know, what gets your, your fishing um, horn hard? You know, what do you like to do? Oh, mate, definitely the um, – definitely. Almost, it's the flats. That's you know, I can spend. You know, that's one of the a good mate of mine, Dan Collins, up here. That's one of the things we always say to each other. We're the same. We, we fish so well together because we're both happy standing there and looking at nothing if need be, yeah. um, and spend hours on a flat doing it. And not many people can do that. Get bored pretty quickly. But we got our eye on the prize, and we're working it to, to do it. So I suppose, yeah, the flats yeah. fishing is definitely my um my my number one. But um, I think I've mentioned it. To, to Chris or maybe even on the last podcast that that island fishing those shallow coral flats around the islands with um surfs flies and lures and that stuff's just spectacular as well that's pretty good fun because mm-hmm. um, you're picking up trevally and stuff as well in amongst it all yeah but yeah um I cannot wait to get back to the states if, if I can organize myself another trip over to the um to catch up with them boys in Panacea I'll be doing it I'll tell you yeah um, that, yeah, get that yourself. fishing, that same thing. Anything sight fishing. If I can see something that I'm I'm feeding the fly to, that's that's where I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, which which is pretty similar to a lot of fly fish shows, I think. Uh huh. Uh huh. What about see it and feed it? Never done it, mate. I'd have a crack, but yeah, yeah I'd have a crack just to see what it tastes like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's the attraction for sure. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mouth to vent is 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 a pure way to fish for sure. <laughs> MTV, yeah. Yeah, MTV, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's it, mate. Flat, flat, soy cast and stuff on the flats, mate. I'm, I'm happy doing any of it. If, if I'm doing that, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, one thing I probably could add in, which is something pretty exciting coming up, is um, Hello Backing Fly Fishing. Yeah. Um, yep. Nick's, Nick's um, invited us over to do a bit of work with him next year. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, so I'll start the season off next year uh, before my season kicks off in March or the end of March, um, doing the first few months over there on the Cocos Keeling Islands with, with Nick. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. So that bone fishing, again, that's something that I've done before as well, which was over on Christmas Island, which is pretty much 
Um, on certain days, it can be shooting fish in a barrel, but there's definitely nothing too tricky about it. And there's a lot of smaller fish, but something that re- was really enjoyable, really good fun. I really liked it. Mm, um, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to going over and checking out the Cocos Keeling with these guys at Hello Backing, um, just purely for the, the variety and species there that we don't get on the flats here in North Queensland. Yeah. Yeah, it would be pretty exciting, Rod. That's for sure. Are you going to be bringing clients over? That your clients over there, or are you working uh, uh, with? Haven't Nick? planned any. Haven't planned anything on that, but I will definitely be talking to my guys about it, and letting them know. Um, so yeah, haven't really spoken to anyone about this yet, just other than just locking it in with Nick the other day on the phone. Yeah. Um, Dave actually teed this up for us. Dave obviously bought that Maverick for for Nick and got it sent over to the Cocos Keeling. So they're going to have a a flat skiff, just a little bit smaller and very similar to the one I'm running here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, so kind of looking forward to getting over there and having a crack at that stuff with them guys. So yeah, that's going to be something that's pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to. Mm. Yeah, well, good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. So I haven't, I haven't stepped out of line there, Nick. Saying that if you listen, mate. But yeah, we um we sort of squared that deal away the other day. So, yeah. Well, that's pretty exciting. An exciting scoop for the intermediate line. There you go, scoop, scoop. Yep. <laughs> 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 Straight to the press. I've got, yeah, I've got a glossary of uh, of um, journalistic terms in front of me, and I've been looking forward to um, shoehorning the word "scoop" into the conversation for a few <laughs> weeks. Waiting to bust it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt it was organic and well and well warranted. Did you guys like it? Oh, mate. I did. Yeah, yeah did. it was used in context. It was used correctly. You know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's getting so it's getting so good at this after. When you write the twenty-eight episodes. Yeah, when you write that. Write the description for the um, for the episode, mate. Can you just drop a stop press in there as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you stop yeah. consuming my my highlights, Volts? I want Sorry. to say that too, mate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll leave it for the back page. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't think of any extra extra. Um, oh, we man, might. Uh... Forever, you know, <laughs> What's that, Rod? Extra extra. <laughs> Uh, yes, I'll just say we could keep going and do this for hours, but yeah, got to well, get to bed sometime, mate. Yeah, look, uh, mate, thanks. I want to say thanks for making the time, Ron. We can all feel that this is a a good organic point to sort of, um, you know, uh, continue the story for another time. Yeah, we'd love to, mate. Good on you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, it's good. Well, um, <laughs> where can to, people where can people find you, Rod? Before we um before we before we get out of here. Yep, sure, mate. On um. Facebook and Instagram. It's Australian Fly Fishing Outfitters. Um, also got a website which is pretty dated. Dave, I sort of let that website go, and that's um, good one. Dave. www.australianflyfishingoutfitters.com. Yep. .au. And .au. Sorry. Yep. And it's yep. um, yeah, it's pretty dated, and just has because he when he as his business progressed and social media grew, he went over to social media, so there hasn't been much need for a website. So that'll be getting updated in the next couple of months. Yep. Um, so if you, if you pop on there and check it out, uh, there's not too much new content on there, but they'll definitely be getting upgraded soon. For sure. Yeah, and uh, my own personal page on on um, Insta is uh, Bowfly Adventures, as in bow hunting and fly fishing, Bowfly Adventures, uh-huh. and Facebook, Rodney Collins. Awesome. There, there we go. Pages, but there's, that's a bit more where, where a bit more of the hunting content goes, and the other one's all about the business, the fishing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, dude. 
Uh, yeah. Good on you guys. Thanks, Heath. And yeah, it'd be great to kick off again another day and talk about some other stuff. We can talk. We can do that. We'll, we'll get you back on. Good to you guys. Good dudes. Yeah, thanks, oh, I, I am. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, Rod. All, all the best, mate. Thanks for your support. Today. Thanks for your support over the years, mate. It's been great. And, and thanks for you, you guys too, mate. It's, um, this forum you guys got here with this podcast is absolutely amazing. It's, like I said it, um, previously, there's a wealth of knowledge here. and it's, you know, it, I reckon it's probably become one of the best resources for fly fishing in Australia, for sure. Thanks, man. I, I want to just yeah. say that, honestly, no money changed hands for that comment either. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we had a letter the other day when you sent me those notes. So I had to read that, that intro. Oh well, I paid you for the intro. That's true. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> Here, Rod. Here, hundred dollars. Read this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then can you please give that hundred bucks back if that's okay with yeah. you, sign Chris? Yeah. <laughs> uh, good uh, you guys. All right, mate. Well, thanks again, Rod. See you, Rod. Thank you, fellas. Catch you soon. See you, mate. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. A uh, riveting expose into guides with tights. <laughs> guides with tights. Oh, <laughs> Rodney, Rodney Hood. Hood. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. man. The Goldie slow burner. Yeah, yeah. That, he's um, took a while to get there, but he's, he's flying, flying high now. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know whether to bring that up or not, but we sort of promised it in the intro, so there you go. Well, we hinted towards it. I don't know if it was a hard and fast promise. You could have broken it, but I think it's in your nature just to um, just to lay that boot in where you can. Mate, I've, I've been kicked when I'm down so many times. <laughs> yeah, but let's face it. You know, you don't earn the nickname Teflon for no reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you do you do leave with your chin sometimes though. Like some of the recent Facebook posts, I see that. Um, yeah, I think to myself, surely he knows what's going to happen here when he when he puts this up. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I try to keep my Facebook separate to my to my Insta stuff. You know, try to stop the worlds colliding, as as Costanza would say to Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. And um, uh, no, I've got you know I've got no problem with it, but I just I've got my family and friends on Facebook, but inevitably. Um, uh, the fishing mates get in there and, and fucking feed it to me, but that's cool. It, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. don't realise that um, that your your great Grammy and, and, and your aunties and uncles are all watching this stuff and, and they bring all this stuff up at Christmas dinner. Like um you know and 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 I like I mean you're not probably gonna admit it, but I'll I'll say it for you, Volts, because I know that you've spoken about this in private. Leave Britney alone. Stop teasing Voltsy. <laughs> oh, do you remember that time my mum got on there and said, like, she'd been trying to ring me, and mum's not real techo, and, um, you know, that could have easily been put in a, in a message or even a text message or, or maybe even having the right phone number, you know, or, or a voice <laughs> message or something. Remember that? Yes. Oh, I believe I was the first uh, person to find that comment. 
Yes, yep, yep. And uh, yep. I, I, I could not believe what gift was presented toward me. <laughs> you took full advantage. Yeah, yeah it yep. was it was fantastic. But, um, but hey, you know, call yeah. your mum, you know? <laughs> your mum your brought you up in this world, Vols. So you got to... Um, you got to yeah. give it some respect, mate. Yeah, you got a lot of time for mum. Love you, mum. You're not forever, listening because you don't know. I didn't tell you about doing a podcast. <laughs> so disrespectful. Hey, um, uh, let me bring up the uh, the fun fact in regard to superglue that I talked about in the intro. Yeah, right. Where was it? Okay, so superglue is superglue is a brand name, but superglue is typically a, a, a class of glues called acrocyanate, and um, and yeah. basically acrocyanates are. Uh, uh, are acrylates. Great... acrylates, sorry, sorry, acrocyanates are uh, something else. Yep, and um, so those those products are all grouped together. One uh, where that impacts with um, fly fishing is um, is that there 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 isn't one that's waterproof, water resistant, right. and waterproof are, are two incredibly different words that describe two very different things. You know, uh-huh. um, you know, like it, it, from my experience in, in construction, you can't use something that's water resistant in an area that's specified as waterproof, right? Sure. Yeah. For for a very big reason. So so those those um those those chemical makeups of that that glue will rehydrate um, essentially if um for for prolonged exposure to water. And what that means to you, I suppose, is is up to you. A lot of people use it, but um but the one of the reasons uh one of the things that that I don't like about it. I, and there's a lot of alternatives to, to that to that type of glue is that it's brittle it's um when people glue eyes on you know that's like like concrete you you hit it it cracks it loses um it loses integrity you know and sure, um, yep. but yeah but the, the main fact that i think people a lot of a lot of people recently don't know about is just the fact of um, water resistant versus waterproof and uh, for a product that's immersed in water for a lot of its life uh, yep. or drying out in in, in you know you know yeah, you know, might you might have the core of the fly in a fly sure. box, yeah, for whatever reason. But um, just thought it was interesting to point out. A lot of people don't know that, and a lot of people use it for, for fly time. But, so what uh, is it? A CA glue, cryoacrylate. Yep. Yeah, right. Cryoacrylate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, um, it's very varvious, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started on IP addresses either. I oh, know, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I should have had Google open when I done that. I just totally did that from from memory. But um, yeah, but you did it, a good job, man. I I was I was uh, surprised with the Varvius one the other week, you know. But yeah, yeah, it, it's tough, you know. You've got yeah, the, the Timeco hooks, the Gamasakus, and of course the Varvius. And yeah, well, mate, over at BS brushes, you know, like it's um. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things going on, mate. Yeah. I don't have yeah, time to commit. Right pronunciation yep. or enunciation which one is it <laughs> pronunciation i know and and one of the things i really appreciate about you is you don't have bad odc you know so yeah, that, that, <laughs> i just that thought that was really... pronounced as odic <laughs> yeah hey yeah. mate have you seen all these people doing wordle lately on their facebook pages oh i'm wondering where this is going because i saw you tagged on one the other day i'm like no Oh, because there was a meme about about people. Uh, it was on Instagram actually, and I I tagged three of the the most uh, prolific protagonists for Wordle on there, and um, one of them one of them uh, uh, had the decency to reply with a heck yeah, and the um, <laughs> the other two just ignored me and went to Facebook and started tagging me on this stupid fucking Wordle shit. 
<laughs> so, yeah. Oh, so you're not playing thought. Wordle? What What is Wordle? Who cares? Good, good answer. I was hoping you were going to say that. Yeah. For people, the, for the people that have had sex, Wordle <laughs> probably is like a game. <laughs> probably some some nerd game. Probably not unlike um, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> You know, there's some fringe dwellers in, in fly fishing that, that aren't cool. And um, yeah. th- and you can easily spot them by the way that they play Wordle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just, it's just my observations. You know? Oh, man. Uh, well, that's going to make things easier. At Christmas time, there's three less friends I have to send a card to. <laughs> 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 Oh, so sarcasm's not in Wordle? Is that what you're saying? Uh, too many letters. Yeah. Too many letters, yeah, right, okay. So I'm guessing <laughs> thick skin's out too then. <laughs> nah, these guys are good boys. They'll be they'll be right with it, hopefully. But what about yeah. what about the term glass houses? Is that in Wordle? <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be right for your Christmas card list, mate. We're all big boys, right? Yeah, we're all good. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Maybe they should fish more instead of playing Wordle. But just say. <laughs> Shit. I didn't know Wordle was going to come up, mate. You know, like I, I mean, didn't either. If, if anyone's to blame, it's going to be you. Let's let's face it. That's what I love about the outro. We just sort of it's unscripted. Shit just comes out. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. <laughs> Direct all your comments of negativity towards at Voltsy underscore fly fishing. That's one. At 2 p.m. in the afternoon, followed up by 2 a.m. if you don't hear a reply. Yeah, because I leave my notifications on. Just send them. Send yeah. them. Full send. <laughs> Full send. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I reckon uh, some of the some of the some of the conversations we have off off air vaults. I'm amazed at how. Um, how excited you are to receive messages on on tips uh, or people relating to the situations you describe online when you get messages about that. Like, me too, Volts. I've also um, spearfished for Tuskies. <laughs> Something like that, you know? I know that you I know that you respond well. Look, guys, here's the thing. You wanna, if you really like this show, show, show your um, appreciation by sending Volts more spearfishing photos of Tuskies. Loves it. <laughs> yeah, please do. For yeah, sure. That'd be yeah. great. Mm. Yeah. Well, may I think we've put out another stellar show. No, yeah. not really. It's okay. Rob was good. <laughs> um Yeah, yeah, it's been a good one. I'm looking forward to next week too. Um uh all going to plan. We've got uh we've got an enthusiastic young fly fisherman from down south who yeah um, one with the people next week yeah yeah he's um one of the greatest things about the uh the podcast for me i'm I'm being serious here is is the people who come out of the woodwork that you most likely probably wouldn't have you know met beyond seeing their shit on instagram um and this guy's one of them uh seems like a real nice guy i'm looking forward to to having a chat with him and and finding out more about his story so this will be a good one too yeah Yep, uh, one of biblical proportions. <laughs> yeah, it should be, should be good. 
yeah, yeah, yep. Mm. You want to resurrect yourself for this show, that's for sure, guys. So, like, um, make yeah. sure you join us next week. And um, if you've got any requests, I'll tell you what, Dave, what we do have is not enough intros. Bang us some intros, please, guys. And don't, don't worry about being funny. I mean, we're not funny. So, you may yeah. as well do one that's not funny. Yeah, just normal anything one. you'll do. Anything you'll do. Get your mum to do one. Yeah, you know, yep. If, be- even a Wordle one would be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do a Wordle one. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what that would look like. Just a series of what? Green and yellow boxes? I don't even know what it is, man. I'm just, I just know it sucks. Yeah. It certainly does. Mm. Well. All right. Well, thanks until next week. Yep. Let's call it. The time is...
for lunch? Is that a rat? Oh, I need a rat. I thought it was a free of lunch. No, it's a seafood thing. <laughs>